Hey guys! Hey. Welcome to another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. Um, I am the cheesy, the cornbread, the fried chicken queen, Zenobia. <laughs> and I am her cheese to her macaroni, her beautiful pig feet to her collard greens. <laughs> I do not like pig feet. You don't? You don't I, even like my pig feet? I don't like pig feet. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I am the corniest of cornbread, Lenny over here. <laughs> woo, woo Yeah. Yes. And here on Lights, Camera, Cocktail, we pair amazing cocktails with amazing movies. And tonight is no different. We got two here no for way. you. And mm-hmm. we are watching for our very last family fun month. We are watching Soul Food. Soul Food. Mama. Oh, yeah. Mama, you know I love you. You know I love mm. you. <laughs> mm. I'm no boys to men, but there you go. And it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank y'all. And so we tonight, I don't know if you're ready to drink, but I'm ready to drink. I am ready to drink. I am so ready for this. I'm ready to drink. Let's get our drink on. Yabadoo. Hey, yabadoo. <laughs> well, do, let's yabadoo this. <laughs> so today we are drinking Big Mama's Sweet Tea. In honor of soul food. So this is what you got. You got, well, what I did is that I took Mm -hmm. a shaker and I put two slices of peaches in the bottom of it, along with two leaves of basil or basil, depending on where you are in the world. I love it. And I muddled it, put some ice in it, and then I put two ounces of rum, a half ounce of lemon, half ounce of peach liqueur, and then I put about three ounces of black tea. And I also poured a little bit of the peach juice because I got I didn't get a fresh peach. I got peaches from a can. So it has all that nice peach juices in it. Hell yeah, it's all sweet and shit. Yeah, so I poured a little bit of that in it as well. I shook it up and put it in a mason jar, topped it with another peach and a basil leaf. And that, my friend, is the big mama sweet tea. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh... Here we go. Here we go. Cheers. Yours is a lot lighter than mine. It is a lot lighter. Must have seeped it a little too long. Mine has more alcohol, I think. Cheers. <laughs> Everybody's drinking it. Mm. Oh. That's really good. Peach. I could eat a peach for, for hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm not going to lie to you. This is like an old southern sipper that mm-hmm. I could like really. But I mean, sweetened tea is like the reason there's diabetes in the South. <laughs> like that is real. And I'm not even apparently kidding. in Chicago too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that though because Baby Boy explains it that like the family had grown up in Mississippi. It was a tradition that started down in Mississippi when the old folks got together at the church to talk smack and chat down on some good old soul food. And Big Mama kept the tradition going when she and Granddaddy moved to Chicago. <laughs> And then her, then then the Joseph family moved to Chicago, and that's why they she kept up the Sunday dinners. I like that. So it's we're bringing a little from the South up to Chicago. I like it. Hey, I ain't mad at you. 
No, not at all. Not at all, Mama Joe. Do 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 do. Sorry. That was my call to. I ain't mad at you. I that, love it. That, well, that's what she danced to at the audition. That's right. I've been like singing it all. Anyway, okay. So before we move on to this movie, we just can't stop talking about. I know. I'm sorry, but it's so good. So like, shut me up. Don't. But shut me up for now. <laughs> shut up for now because <laughs> I got a little bit of her story. Ooh, baby, give it to me. Oh my god. Okay, so. It's not even a little bit. It's a lot of bit of her street. I kind of went down another rabbit hole. and I love it when she goes down the rabbit hole. Follow the white rabbit. Tell me. It's always worth it when I do. So here we go. <laughs> Has anybody wondered who the hell is Captain Morgan? Because I honestly, I, always, I get drunk enough. I do wonder. Well, wonder no more, girl, because I got some facts for you. Okay? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Captain Morgan. The pirate. The pirate. One. He is a real person. Shut up. Yes. Yes. His name is Sir Henry Morgan. And he was a... Arg! And he sailed the Caribbean back in the 17th century. And he was a privateer. A.K.A. that means that you're like a freelance pirate and you're like a legit pirate. Also, privateers would get hired by the government. So they were like government contract pirates. Okay, so that's amazing. Right. So he grew up in Wales and his family was well off. They were pretty wealthy. And he called himself a gentleman adventurer, whatever that means. And he ended up up being. He doesn't rape, pillage and plunder. I mean, what is this? I think that is exactly what it means. But let me. We'll see. We'll see. So he was trained by this guy named Christopher Mings and he showed him how to fight, how to pirate how to sail and do all the pirate shit. And Mm. by the time that Captain Morgan was 23, he was a captain. And so he owned his own ship. And by all means of everything, it looks like he was a pretty good captain. Like he would pay his crew 150 pieces of eight, which that would be like $66 is per piece. So it would be like he was giving his crew like $9,900. So he was paying his- A trip? Yeah. Like he was paying his people. He also would pay extra if you like lost an eye or a limb. He would give you like a little extra change. Like, hey girl, thank you. You lost an eye. Here's extra pieces of eights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So- All right. So that's what it was. So what ended up happening is that he got hired by England to go and win some more territory over in Spain because they were over there fighting the girls. And so he and his crew went through the jungle. Some of them died. Some of them got hurt, but they oh, made shit. it to like fucking Panama City. And they had this big battle. And in the battle, they end up winning. And so not only did they like take over the territory, but they end up walking out of there with 2,050 pieces of eight, which in today's money is like... $16.5 million is what they end up Holy. getting. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Sign me up. Arg. Arg, right? I've always considered myself a pirate. I'm a raider, and that's our mascot is a pirate. I love mm-hmm. rum. It's my favorite spirit, so I'm a pirate. Like, I've always, I love the water and the sea. I, so I'm yeah. totally perfect for this. But Me too. I've always wanted to commandeer a boat. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so um, 
after he did that, he ended up going back to Jamaica and he was like famous there. They threw parades. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like, hey, girl, you know, yeah, look at me. I just like won all this shit. But when he was there, <laughs> the governor of Jamaica was like, look, sorry, girl, but while you were gone, England and Spain had a, a treaty. And so we weren't supposed to be like bombing them and killing them and all that shit. But, you know, it's back in the 17th century. So it's no, you can't text them or call them and be like, hey, girl, abort, abort. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no one sent that tweet out. Like, no what you're doing is wrong, man. Out. Yeah, none of that shit. So when you sent them out, you sent them out and just hope they came back. And so yeah. when they came back, the governor of Jamaica was like, so this shit happens and someone has to pay. So I have to send you back to London and you're going to jail for a couple of years. And oh, so shit. <laughs> when <laughs> Captain Morgan gets back to London, the king there was like, hey, girl, I, I know that you didn't do this. Like, I, it's not your fault. You're just like the scapegoat. Yeah. He go to like a posh prison, like for gentlemen pirates. Well, no, when he got there, the king pardoned him because he was like, it's not your fault. We oh. sent you out there to oh. do your job. You did your job really well. And then yeah. you, you, we can't put you in jail for, like, getting the territory that we had and all that goddamn money. Like, I, I can't even be yeah. mad at you. So no. the, King Charles II pardoned him, and they actually became friends. And Captain... I would, too. Captain Morgan <laughs> was such a charming and cool guy with all his adventure tales that he would go to these posh parties with all these rich, snooty people and tell his tales. Like, people loved him. He was famous. And so oh King Charles II knighted him. And so Captain Morgan is Sir Henry Sir Morgan. Cap- <laughs> Sir Captain Morgan, yes. Is- Sir Captain Morgan. That's what should be on the bottle. <laughs> yep. Okay. And after he was knighted, the king was like, okay, do you know what I need you to do? I need you to go to Jamaica and be the governor of Jamaica. So he goes back. Oh my God, he took that bitch's job. You're going to send me to jail. I'm taking your job. That sweet revenge. He came back like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, you thought I was going to jail? You know who's not going to be here? You, bitch. You're gone. (laughs) You're out. You're gone. Get back. So he became the governor of Jamaica, okay? And not only that, but he was actually pretty good at it. Because the king needed (laughs) Of course he was. Of course he was. The king needed him to, like, clear out the Caribbean water of, like, pirates and to, you know, just, like, hold it down. Mm -hmm. And so he did. He was very diplomatic about things, and he would arrest people just enough to keep the king happy, but not, like, over-fucking-doing it. And he would rehabilitate illegal pirates into making them into legal pirates. So he was Stop it. He he started a pirate program. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, look, you guys are out here raping and pillaging, and if you get caught, you know, you're gonna get killed. Or you could just be like a pirate for England and then we pay you and you get to chill and like you don't have to do any like crazy you're working for a big guy. So Okay. He habilitated a lot of other illegal pirates and making them legal pirates. He was uh, I told you. Yo he was ho, yo ho, a gentleman's pirate's life for me. <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. This give me another one. I'm ready. I'm just okay. like on my seat, like, and oh. then what else did he do? <laughs> okay. So so after he does this. He ends up, like, making this city, like, the richest city in the Caribbean. And he was just rich. He was rich himself. So, because he would send off his own pirates to go do shit and come back with bringing money and stuff. So, eventually, what he ended up doing was he bought, like, a sugarcane plantation. He spent his days drinking rum and chilling. And by the time he was 30, 
All this shit happened before oh. he was 30. Oh, my God. He By makes me feel so ashamed. I know. <laughs> By the time he was 30, he got married, started having some kids. They brought bought some property, and he just chilled the fuck out, and it was just chill. But he did die at the age of 53. Oh, okay. Too much rum? Too much rum. Too much pirate life. Plus, 50, much... 53 is like living to be like 100 back then. So, like, he yeah, lived. Yeah, that's a, true. A he lived a really full life. I mean, <laughs> I mean yes. I mean, we didn't do a tenth of what this fool's done already. This is true. You think of all the wear and tear that that sea probably did to him. I mean, his poor gentleman pirate bones were probably like, and he was. Do like, you think he ever got scurvy? I don't know. Probably not because he drank rum and probably and lime probably or a lot lemon. of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just chilling. But another thing is that mm-hmm. once he came back and he became famous, people started writing stories and books about him and they would say really horrible things like saying that he would go and rape and pillage people that he would tie up monks and nuns together and use them as like shields and he was so upset about this that he did something that is like unheard of back in this time he sued the people who were writing this for saying like you guys are spreading lies about me bitch i'm sitting here trying to be governor of jamaica and you're saying i'm like raping and killing bitches like uh uh-uh and he sued them and they had to change writing things so so some of his stories i mean i don't think he's as clean as i am portraying to you I'm sure he did some shit that, you know, we would look at and frown upon. But for the most part, he did some cool shit with his life. So when he did die at the age of 53, he had one of the biggest funerals. So big that his body was up for viewing at the king's mansion. And not only was it that, but they let everybody come and view the body. So even if you were a pirate with a bounty on your head, you were allowed to come to Captain Morgan's funeral and you wouldn't be arrested because you had to come and pay your respects. Oh, wow. So hundreds of people came out to come see him and they even did like a 22-gun salute out on the water and like it was crazy. And so he had this huge-ass funeral. Oh, my God. What's crazy is that you tell me that there's all these stories about how have they not made a movie about this man's life yet? I don't know. I did a lot of research and a lot of people said the same stuff. You know, yeah, it sounds like this would be such a compelling story. Oh my god, this is being trademarked right now. No one tried to take trademark. this. We're writing Captain Morgan the trademark. script for Captain Morgan. It's called Sir Henry Morgan. That's the name of our Sir. Name. Yes, I love it. A gentleman pirate. Ooh, a gentleman. A gentleman avi- pirate saga. A gentleman a adventure. adventure. <laughs> yes. Okay. I love it. So his story doesn't end there. So he. Dying. Oh my god. Oh my god, he's he's dead and the story hasn't finished. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, so four years later after he died in 1692, there was a huge earthquake that hit the city and the city was Port Royal, I guess. And Port Royal was like a Vegas of the Caribbean. You could have sex, drugs, booze, gamble, anything you wanted. But when he died later in 1692, the earthquake hit and shortly after the earthquake hit, tsunami hit and hit the city, and it killed, like, over 5,000 people. The land that Captain Morgan was buried on crumbled into the sea along with the city. The city is underwater as we speak, along with Captain Morgan's body. So you can't even go visit him because he is underwater, where he should be because he's a captain. Because he's a captain. But you know what that means? We need to get a scuba tank. Yeah, we got to find We need to get a boat. Mm-hmm. And we got to get the boat. And we got to go find Sir Henry Morgan. Sir he's Henry. Probably got mad, he's probably got mad money buried with him, too. Oh, buried treasure. <laughs> 
That's part of our movie. We're gonna. That's do a it. part of the movie. That's how it starts. Yeah. And then when we go underwater, we get into like some kind of like time space continuum, and we get slammed back in time. This is like Outlander, but like pirates. I feel you. I feel you. I like okay. it. I like it. Okay. So, but nobody really knows what Captain Morgan looks like. So the picture on the bottle is just kind of what people have said he looks like. But mm. your girl, we don't know. But we do yeah. have a portrait of him that was painted back when he was knighted. And this is when he was in his 20s. So the picture itself, I saw it. He has like a nice baby face. He doesn't have the beard or like the long hair. He just kind of looks like a knight. I don't know. Very, very classy. So very clean shaven. You can see that as well. But nobody knows what he looks like. All right. One last fun fact. In 19, One last. In 1944, oh, the CEO of Seagram's bought a rum distillery in Jamaica and named it mm -hmm. after Sir Henry Morgan. So that's how we oh. get Captain Morgan. I know that was a long journey to get why we named it after this dude, but it makes sense. He was the governor of Jamaica, y'all. Yeah, dude. Oh, there's his portrait. You found it, huh? I found it. I'm wow. sure that's a wig, but he has like a nice little baby face. And he yeah. just, he does, if you saw it, you would think he was like a duke. You would not think he was on top. I wouldn't think he was a gentleman adventurer. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. What a life. What a life. 53 you got, glorious years. I'm sorry that I went down a deep hole, but. It no, just kept I getting love the deeper and deeper. And I was like, I don't know when to stop. It was so good. Are you kidding me? This is amazing. And now we have like a total story premises of this action adventure film period piece that we are going to get to right now. I love this. I love him. I'm going to definitely always drink his rum now. I already really love Captain Morgan. It's well priced yeah. and it's good. We are drinking. I know I forgot to say what type of rum we were drinking. We are drinking Captain Morgan, but we are drinking white rum in our Big Mama's uh, sweet tea. You can mm -hmm. use spice rum. I just thought that the white rum would just just go smoother with it. Yeah. Plus, I love white rum because mojitos is like one of my favorite drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're big rum fans over here. We're big rum fans. And we were thirsty for rum. That's why we picked this drink. And so that's a little bit of her story on Ooh. motherfucking Captain Morgan, you guys. I'm sorry. That was good. No, no. That This is I, this is one of my favorite histories. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed this. Of learning of who some of these people, a while back we did do an episode. I'm not sure what episode it was. But we did one on Jack Daniels. And I found out who oh. he really was. And I thought his story was pretty cool. But Captain Morgan, like, fucking seals the fucking deal on this. Yeah, he does. All right. I love it. Yo ho, yo ho. Drink to Captain Morgan, yo. And a bottle of rum. <sighs> okay. So, uh. Thank you. That was so good. Um, are you ready? Oh, I have been only slowly sipping on this drink because I have been waiting for the mad reveal of this motherfucking drinking, drinking game. game. Yes. Uh, well, here's the motherfucking drinking game, girl. So everybody, ready. please grab your mason jar full of Big Mama sweet tea and get yeah. ready for the motherfucking drinking game. You gonna take a simp every time Terry brings up money. Oh, classic. So you know, the <laughs> one of the first thing Terry even fucking says is like, oh, my family put them off on me. I'm the one who paid for this wedding. Terry, why you always gotta let everybody know you pay for everything? Because I do. Well, it's because I paid for this wedding. I mean, like, <laughs> damn. Always bringing up. Terry, why you always 
just gotta let everybody know you pay for everything. Because I do pay for everything. You think that it, <laughs> you think that I'm an AT, uh, ATM. As far as you're concerned, I'm an ATM. Automatically Terry's money. Automatic Terry's money or something like that. Terry's money, yeah. <laughs> Every time she has to, pay, oh, I always feel bad when she's having that turmoil about like her whole world is crumbling and they're asking her to pay for Big Mama's bills and you're just like, come on, can this lady get a break? Like, give her a break. I mean, honestly, I would have come up with the idea. I would have been like, look, uh, Maxine, you and your family need to sell your fucking house if you want this house and move into Big Mama's house. Yeah. <laughs> and start paying, would... start paying the mortgage or it's probably paid off, but start paying the taxes and the property taxes and all that fucking shit. Start paying that and then mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a problem. If Big Mama comes exactly. back, then, you know, she'll be able to live with you guys. Then we don't have to put Uncle Pete away because he'll still... Home. Yeah, that solves no, everything. honestly... <laughs> Obviously, they needed to have this happen for the the conflict in the story, but that would have been the most logical sense. They're the biggest family. She's the she's the daughter she's with growing, the most kids. Yeah, you're a growing family. Your kids yeah. love that house. You love mm-hmm. that house. You love that kitchen. Yeah. Like that's just you. Like it's just you. It's, like inevitably, it was going to become your home. Yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah. Too. Let's just leave it empty, and Uncle Pete will live there. <laughs> <laughs> for real. So, For real though. You're gonna take a simp when someone says Big Mama. There you go, Big Mama. Big Mama. And that's Big Mama there. Who's Big Mama's favorite grandbaby? Big Mama Joe. So they say her name Big quite Mama. often. They do call her like Mama Jane or whatever, but I like Big Mama. Yeah. I love Big Mama. Big Mama's just the cutest. I love when Big Mama is dancing in the middle of the with with Lem. Uh-huh. Remember? They came <laughs> the girls storming are like, like walking up. Yeah. We're going to beat this girl's yeah. ass. We feel a lot better if we went out there and whooped that girl's ass. That's actually my favorite. Can I just say it's my favorite quote of all time is Vivica Maxine. She's the middle uh, daughter. And she goes, what y'all talking about? I'm happy. Everybody's happy. But we'd be more happy. But we'd be more happy if we go out there and beat that hoe down. Be if we go out there and beat that hoe down. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. As she's like nine months pregnant. Like, no yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> no joke at all. And like, I come from a family with three girls. Like, I am the baby of two old, and I have two older sisters. And my sisters would throw down just like that. Like, no, no one's going to take away from our baby sister's big day. Like, we're going to go take care of this. <laughs> I would have to say that I'm like two people in this scene. Yes, depending on the situation and how drunk I am and who I'm fighting for, I would totally be Maxine, like, let's go stomp this hoe. Yeah. But also, I also am the person who's like the peace maker so i definitely would have been like big mama and i would have separated him from the hoe and me and him would have been dancing yeah <laughs> like absolutely that's totally something that i would do but i would see you defusing the situation i'm the one that escalates it mad quick like no alcohol is necessary i'd be like who and i'd like hold me back like and by that happen? time at a wedding like at the period that they are in the wedding i would have been really drunk so i most likely yeah. would have been on the tip of <laughs> Let's stop I could have rallied you. I could have rallied you. It would not have taken months for you to be like, come on, girl. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the lesson here is be like Big Mama. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Be less drunk at weddings. (laughs) Bullshit. It's open bar. And if it's not open bar, then why are you there? I'm just kidding. 
I agree. I will find an open bar. Damn it, yeah. She can sniff one out a mile away. (laughs) There's an open bar over here. Come on. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So you're going to take a simp every family dinner. So there's Sunday dinners. You're going to take a simp. And you know what? That would be helpful, too, because every single time they eat, I just want to eat all the food. So I will be clutching onto my drink, sipping so hard during every single food scene because... That's all I got. Good food. Yeah. Good food. Um, you, oh my god. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ugh. even when Bird tries to throw the family. She tried, girl. That's- she tried. No, it's true. She tried. One, I also relate to Bird because if I had to throw Thanksgiving dinner, I definitely no one would show up. She tried her best to pull off that Sunday's dinner all by herself. Because of Terry and Mom's fight, no one showed up. Like <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no one would show up. No. People would be looking. I do love the scene where she's trying to give the food away to her friends. <laughs> and oh, he's like, I yeah, know. we'll eat it up. And he's like, oh, I realized yeah. why nobody came. <laughs> now I know why none of her people showed up. Miss Dean can't cook. <laughs> can't cook. Girl, you can't cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. My favorite is when she tries to give it to Uncle Pete. And even Uncle Pete even takes Uncle it Pete. and closes the door. But then like two seconds later opens it and shoves it out. He's like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> Exactly. That should have been his first clue. He should have known exactly at that moment. Like, oh, where's Big Mama? Like, what's going on? He's like, Big Mama had a stroke because she's making this food real crappy. <laughs> <laughs> you going to take a simp when Big Mama says something wise, which she tends to do. She does. So when she. That matriarchy has so much wisdom. It's like when she says, uh, one finger pointing the blame. Don't make no impact, but you ball up all them fingers into a mighty fist and you can strike a mighty blow. Now, this family got to be that fist. But you ball all them fingers into a fist and you can strike a mighty blow. Mad wisdom. This family got to be that fist. And she's looking at all of them on the table. Like, I love that. She's looking at all of them at the table. Yeah. She has a lot of words of wisdom, um, but when you yeah. hear them, go ahead and simp. You gonna take a simp when Miles works on his music. So when he's up in the studio tinkering and tampering, when he's at the club and Milestone performs. Milestone. Mm-hmm. We thought them. We thought about that name. Yeah, like it's, like, it's called Milestone. The group's called Milestone. It ain't called them. Not so. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Faith. I'm glad that you his said that. rooftop studio is beautiful. That's what the little boy said. He's like, I love it up here. I know. And he, what I get so annoyed is that she actually has the audacity. Terry has the audacity to call it a hobby. Miles, I thought you playing with this band was just a hobby. Why would you say something like that? I'm using quotations here. She calls it a hobby for him, but like. Honey, he built his own studio. That's not a hobby. This is a lifestyle. Like I don't I don't know why you're getting misunderstood here. I don't understand what's happening. Girl, when we move in good. together, if we could find affordable three room place, that third mm-hmm. room is definitely our studio. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a hobby. I wanna do this. And, it's not a hobby. And when somebody you know how when you have a spouse or a, a partner who doesn't believe in your dream, then you're not going to make it. 
Your dream no. either needs to be the same dream or you need to support each other's dreams. But her tell, yeah, calling exactly. it a hobby and mad because he wants to cut a, a CD is some bullshit. You're supposed to be cheering him exactly. up. Exactly. She won't even come to his and performances. I can't believe she won't go to his performances because they just look super fun. And she could have a really good time just drinking because we all know she loves to drink. And she needs to and, drink. <laughs> and she needs to. And it's just what's really hurtful is that there he is. He cooks dinner for her. He knows she's going to come home late. Like he's taking care of of her nephew I mean it's his nephew too but like it's her yeah, blood. blood like and he's there supporting her loving her you know he even notices it he's like this is taking a toll on you but yet she has the audacity to like criticize him and not support him and it's like well then Terry you really don't love him and you can't get too mad because you're not you're just really not supporting the person that loves you and he does he does love her it just it's torture to love her yeah. It's so hard. And that's why you can't hate Miles. Like, even though you want to because he's a cheating asshole. Like, she pushed him to cheat. She pushed him to cheat. But, like, also he was just a human being trying to find acceptance and love. Yeah. And here is this woman that is giving him so much faith, love, and trust. And he just grabbed it. He literally grabbed that ass. <laughs> I mean. I saw it. Uh, he, I saw it five times. The girl grabbed his <laughs> ass, too. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, it wasn't. It looked like Miles hadn't been hugged in a long time. It looked like he hadn't had sex with his wife in a long time. It just looked, yeah. it looks like they don't connect like that. So Mm-mm. I ain't mad. No, I'm not mad. <laughs> if anything, he picked the wrong bitch and he should, he wasn't even going for it. Faith came to him. Faith did come to him. She saw the opportunity. She came and to she him. She went for it. And that's family and that's messed up. All right. So we're going to move on before we get all wrapped up. Yeah, we're getting, we're, we're really giving a lot of details so you're gonna take a samp every time someone names some soul food some collard greens llama beans neck bones greens with some hot sauce hot cakes and some fried chicken some black eyed peas some fried catfish chicken and dumplings chicken and dumplings all that shit anytime uh, they name any type of soul food you're gonna take a sip all right. I make that cornbread from scratch. That's because it's the only thing you know how to make, Terry. <laughs> huh. Terry. That's, what, that's why mama always let me cook. And then she looks at mama, big mama and looks at her and she's like, oh, fuck, I should have said that. Like, <laughs> So funny. So funny. Anybody want to try my fish cakes? <laughs> I made them this year and they're like, uh. Because I made them this year and I'm very proud. My plate's full. Mm-hmm. My plate's full, too. See, y'all ain't right. My plate's uh, full. My plate's full, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because my man loves them. Poor Lem. He's like, just like, come on, guys. Somebody help me know. eat the shitty food she keeps feeding me. He didn't oh, marry her for her bird. cooking style. That's for sure. Oh, God, no. He married her for that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that part, too. And Reverend's just like, I asked Bird to marry me. And she goes, oh. She's a Reverend. If I marry, I got to have sex every night. That's what put the Reverend down for Tuesday. Reverend yeah. <laughs> down for Tuesday. He's <laughs> so gross. I can't. Okay. He, I know. He's the only bummer. We'll get, we'll get we'll to get that. To you going to take a simp when a fight breaks out. There's about three oh, of them. Sure. So yeah. I'm not talking about like fights of words. I'm talking physical fighting. So we have physical like fighting. Terry and Maxine fighting when they're pulled out of Kenny's car. She's like, get out of the car. She's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Terry, get the hell out of the car. Terry, get Terry, out of the car get now. Get out of the car right now. Get out. Oh, shit. Get out. 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 Get out.
like, like they're like whooping each other's ass in the middle of the street. I love Kenny because he's like, come on, boy, Kenny, come on, come on, come on, come on, Kenny's reaction. He's like, come on, you guys, knock it off, and he's just like laughing, like he's like, yeah, he he makes his like look like, oh, but they're fighting over me. They're but, like, fighting over me. I got sisters fighting over, which is pretty fucked up. And I see why Terry doesn't like Maxine, but after seeing them together for like, they've been in love for eleven years. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. It's uh, it worked out way he, better. Exactly. Like it, it would have even worked out if Faith and Miles ended up falling in love. Like then you just can't get like that's real love there. And you you unfortunately you're the casualty in that finding of love, but it happens, and that's why Terry should just let it go. It's like come on, like yeah, it sucks that your sister stole your boyfriend, like college boyfriend in high us, school. Come on, dude, get out I of know. there. Just like let it, just let it go. It's like their true love. So there's that fight. There's Lim fighting. What's his face? There's the bar face. Cousin, cousin Blimp. Blimp. That's what I thought he says. He's a big ass. I think that I don't know. I thought because he was big, like a blimp. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, shit, who's this guy coming in here? Fuck. It's a street name. It's a, it's, you know, it's a street name. I know his mama didn't name him Blimp. And you can't get mad at Terry for calling cousin Blimp though either, because like yeah, honestly, if I if yeah, you can. Because one, I'm not calling nobody until I see the damage. So I would have waited till my sister came out and you would have saw that she's just shook up and not physically hurt in the slightest. You don't call your hood nigga cousin to go handle stuff because he's going to handle it like a hood nigga, which is what they did. They went and they fought instead yeah. of him like, you know, she was like, you know. This was one of those times you just knew things were going to get a whole lot worse before they got any better. No, I'm not that's just how it was when my aunties tried to fix each other's messes. Hey, no guns, you hear me? If I have to tell you not to kill him, these are not the people yeah, for me to bad. send over there. It's true. <laughs> she should have sent, like, I don't know why she didn't send Miles or Kenny or something, like, family. I wouldn't have sent nobody, I mean, because I would have, if I thought, I would have went over there and beat his ass with a bat my goddamn self. If that was the case. That's true, too. <laughs> if yeah. that was the case, we would, I would have been that's in true. jail. We would have been talking about how we gonna bail out Zenobia, because she just beat the shit out of Lim. Don't but, bring your ghetto yeah. cousins to go do shit, because they're gonna handle it no. ghetto style, and you don't want that. Mm-mm. I'm sure you don't. He shouldn't have had a gun, though. This is also true. <laughs> you gonna take a simp. Wait, when's the final fight scene? When's the third fight? Oh, the knife! Oh, are you talking about the knife scene? Is that the third and final oh, fight? Oh, no! I was talking about where Lim fights because what's-his-face come and he's like, yeah, you know, your wife called and said you need a oh. job and he beats the shit out of him. And he's like... Yeah. Think about your job, you know, kind of yeah. that scene. Bullshit, because he totally got his job back. He did. I guess it's not really a fight scene when she comes at them with a the knife, but damn, it's so good. Like, you get to finally see Terry let loose, like, real let loose, and you're just like, fuck yeah, that's Terry. She's like, talk about can we talk about what? Fuck you! <laughs> okay, I will also take Terry attacking people with knives, because if Kenny <laughs> was wasn't real. there to take that knife out of her goddamn hands, Faith would have been she cut would, in two. It would have been a different film altogether. All, yeah. Mm -hmm. Miles would have had to, like, represented her to get her out of jail for, you know, stabbing Faith. Like, it would have been weird. You gonna take a stamp when the Reverend says something inappropriate. It's like what we're talking about him saying, put me Jeez. down for sex on Tuesday. <laughs> sex on Tuesday. And then he comes over and starts tickling Faith. And I'm like, ooh, get off of her. Like He don't even know doing? her. I know. Yeah, every Ew. time he has to, you know, even Amada's like, uh, 
Then he split after he busted slides with my mom and aunties. I can still see my dad now, looking like he wanted to break Reverend Williams' neck. And like they show us the dad's face, and he's like, "My dad was ready to kill him. He's just eating. He's just eating, looking at him like, I'm gonna fuck this Reverend up. I don't understand why Big Mama keeps this like pervy Reverend around. I don't know either. I hate it when he goes beautiful breasts and delicious legs under the. T- I mean, on the table." On, on this table, and yeah, I'm like, the blessed you just reference legs big under the table. Legs? I mean, the breasts and the thighs. He's just so gross. <laughs> I don't so know. Gross. I don't know why they keep him around. I don't know either. Especially when you're a mom of like three daughters, I would definitely not have him around. But I don't know. That's just me. I would stop going to that goddamn church. I would. Do, I'd be like, <laughs> the Lord uh, is not in there. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> you gonna take a simp? When you see old Uncle Pete. So this is physically seeing him, like when he comes down and he's talking to Maxine. Sitting at the table and Maxine comes and he's just sitting there. It's because Bird can't fucking cook. He's starving. He's starving. (laughs) And he just doesn't understand. Because then it's the first time you realize that he has Alzheimer's. Yeah, because he's... Like at first you just thought he was like kind of a shut-in, alone in in his room. And you're like, oh, Uncle Pete. Like he's just a weirdo. He doesn't like to see anybody. But then you realize, no, he's got Alzheimer's and like he doesn't want to know anybody or see anybody because he just doesn't understand what's going on. And yeah, because you see Vivica's face the whole time. Like she doesn't at first understand what he's like talking about. Or he used to call her Joe. Yeah, she's like, no, she's gone. You know, she's dead. Remember daddy used to raise hogs? He got them and he cured a cut up meat and brine and... And put him in the smokehouse for sausages. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. gone. And then she's like, well, this is why Big Mama always kept him up there, you know, yeah. and fed him and just took care. She probably went in there and talked to him on daily, you know. Yeah. And, and cut his hair and shaved him and did shit like that. But, like, Big Mama's gone. Big and, Mama's gone. And Maxie knew, like, oh, shit. Now it's all, yeah. it's me. I have to do this. Yeah, it's like another thing that she, and she's like the mothering kind. Mm-hmm. So she, of course she was immediately like, I'll take care of Uncle Pete. You want some catfish? The, <laughs> you want some catfish? Yeah. I got you, Uncle Pete. You're I starving. got you, Uncle Pete. So when he oh. does that, or anytime that they open the door and he gets his food, you're going to take, I, okay. love the, yeah. I love the kids trying to get into there too. Like, oh, they Let us in, so Uncle hard. Pete. Let us in. We want to. They just want to see the fool. Their whole life, they've never seen. Their whole life, they've never seen Uncle Pete. They're just sitting there waiting. Like, okay, we gonna put the food here. Then we gonna hide. And so then when he come, we gonna try. We gonna bum. He oh, we can bum rest the door. Uncle Pete still got some strength because he. He's got a lot of strength. He kept two little kids out. Ahmad put his like freaking. He put his foot in the door. He's like limping afterwards. Like he is limping. And then the little girl shouts. She's just like, Uncle Pete's messing with us. No. It's like, here's the thing, though. This was something that I was really confused by, though. I don't think he ever actually had real TVs. <laughs> okay. What? We don't see his room. So I think that there's two TVs. There's there an old busted TV. And then there's one that shows Jeopardy and Real of Fortune and all his okay. old people stuff. He's watching Murder, She Row in there, just chilling, eating. But he knew to bring down the old TV to show everybody. That's my favorite part at the end is when he's holding the TV and he's like, I got something for everybody. He's just like, and if, that's not, if this place is going down, I'm taking this bus the TV I'm with taking me. the TV with He's me. still there, you know, some part, that part. So you're going to take a simp 
when they are in the hair salon. So when they're in birth hair salon. Oh, nice. Every time they roll up in there, it's super cute hair salon. I would totally uh, I love her hairdo the first time around. She got like curl crimps. The crimps. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah. So anytime they're in there, you know, her trying to get him a job or when Lim comes in there, he busts the fucking door. <laughs> It's so cute that baby boy has a job at the salon, too. Like, just a cute little after-school job. Yeah. Sweeping up the hair. Okay. So, you're going to finish your drink when the baby comes. So, when Maxine and and, uh, Kenny's baby is due and her water breaks and they all run out of It was that Sunday dinner when it happened. Yep. You're going to finish your drink. My question is, Big Mama said she had a dream about fish, right? Yeah. What's she talking about fishes? Oh, no, it just means that either somebody's coming or somebody in the family is pregnant or gonna get pregnant. That could have been, they said either a baby's coming or somebody's coming. One, a baby did come immediately after she said it, and somebody did come, Faith. I know. There was, like, a lot of fishes happening at that one moment. So I don't know if her dream was necessarily about Bird being pregnant because two things happened within... Her having that dream. Well, I feel like we can already X out Maxine's fish because she said, I already had my last fish dream. So maybe Big Mama had already had the fish dream and then that's for how Maxine. They so that might have already happened nine months before that. But I do, be- I do also agree that Faith showing up could have been like the fish dream. Like, here she comes. Which, like, damn, this girl causes so much drama in this family. Like, I get it, family's forever, and, like, you can fuck up as much as you want, but, like, we always forgive because it's family. But at one point, you gotta be like, but Faith, like, try. <laughs> try not to be a dumb hoe. Like, really. I I agree. Like, um, initially, I was like, y'all just hating on her because she's a stripper? Like, who gives a fuck she's a stripper? Or she's a video yeah. vixen. It doesn't matter. Like, that, to me, would not make me stop wanting you or treat you differently, but no. you sleeping with my husband or my brother-in-law is going to make me treat you different. Like, that's where I would be like, oh. fuck this face, bitch. I mean, it's not just that, though. Like, the fact that she went to jail and Big Mama put the house up to make bail for her to get out. Like, that's like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, girl. Like, you're you're messing up your family's life. This woman took care of you. But that's like her mom. I mean, like, I if, if her mom was alive, her mom would have had to mortgage her house to get her out. Like, somebody has yeah. got to do it, or she stays there. I guess. <laughs> you gonna finish your drink when Lim gets his job, or his gig, as he calls it. Found a gig. I know, he calls it a gig. <laughs> when he gets his gig, you gonna finish your drink. Do you also get to finish the drink when he gets his gig back? Because remember, he comes in and be like, I got my job back because they knew I was amazing. One, I didn't even think about that, but yes. Yeah. And he was amazing at his job. He worked hard. He was just like, look, I made a fucked up decision and now y'all treating me like shit. And I know how to use the printing press or whatever it was. I know how to do all this stuff. Just give me a Mm -hmm. job. He got stuff done faster than his boss even thought it was even possible of doing like exactly give people a chance exactly i know i hate it it's really really hard when you're like he made one simple mistake but that simple mistake 
has is causing him to have so much turmoil to restart his life. He is so smart that he didn't straight turn to right do back. what he did before. He didn't say, well, I guess I might as well just be a criminal because that's what I've been labeled as. No, he continued over and over again to go to interviews because he wanted a stand-up job. He knew that he was worth it and he was and he should have the opportunity to live a real beautiful fulfilled life and he wasn't going to let one stupid conviction fuck him up. But that's, you know, the society working against a black man. So, yep. yep. I mean, I think that the reason why he didn't go back to crime is because he didn't want to lose bird. Who wants to lose that that's fine true. bitch who owns exactly. her own business and is like going places and actually likes you? Yeah, I mean, and it's a good family too. Like uh, the family, so he had a he had a really great connection with his brother in law Kenny. He could see that Big Mama loved him and wanted to take care of him. Like you don't want to lose that when you've got something good. When you've got a family that's good to you, and it's not like your blood family, but it's even a family that's taking you in. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to lose that. It looks like a family thing going on in there. I don't want to butt in. Why not? Your family. You no, are you're family. Kidding. And he doesn't say anything. He's like, oh, I guess I am. Like, you are. <laughs> yeah. No, and then Bird comes up. She's like crying. She's, she's like, like oh you're back. God. She's just, she's mad. She was mad, yeah. But uh, I'm over that shit. And I'm it, over it because you're home now. Because you're home now. So, um, the longest drinking game ever we've just done. <laughs> you going to finish we've your drink. We've been talking a lot in between it, though, too. <laughs> you're going to finish your drink when they find the money. So when Uncle Pete comes on down and he drops that TV because he gets hit in the face with the fucking fire extinguisher. You go, uh... <laughs> and then, surprisingly, like, beautifully, the fan is set up perfectly to, to let the money blow. fly up at the Jos- Joseph family. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Who put the Beyonce fan out? Come on. <laughs> you don't walk around with a Beyonce fan all the time? That's I just used me? to. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> corona, corona got me down. I know. So that's my motherfucking drink game. You got anything to add? I love it. I do. I mean, I'm a sucker for Ahmed's sweet face. Mm-hmm. And whenever he's trying something, you're always like, oh, what's he going to get into now? <laughs> like, he gives you that look. Like, I love it so much. Take a sip whenever Ahmed might be up to no good. <laughs> or he's like fibbing or he's being like silly like when he comes in he's like big mama said get your black ass out boy big mama ain't told nobody's black ass to get nowhere no. big mama, big never, mama said, never said she didn't say to get no one's black ass nowhere get out of here say her girlfriend's business I, I, and exactly. i know i do love it and i do love where she's just like you up to something huh and he's like i gave her it took 10 hours where I carried you for nine months, went through 23 hours, 45 minutes, 10 seconds of labor. And he repeats it verbatim, like, at the same time, so you know she said that, she's like, She's been saying it to him his <laughs> entire life. Anytime he wants to do anything, she's just like... Ooh, she's shaking another drink. She's shaking another drink. Okay, so we So that it. would be the only add-on that I would ask, because he's just so cute. He's, he's very so cute. cute. I mean, I don't want to say this before stats... But I kind of want to say this. Well, what I thought was so funny is that this movie is 1997 and we just did Cinderella in 1997. Like, how perfect did we do this? I didn't even realize that going into this. Me neither. I really didn't. Like, when I looked it up and I was just like, oh, shit, this is 1997 still. Like, we are still in the era. Like, God, there were some really great fucking movies made in 1997. Yeah, we got to witness. We pretend. 
So, okay. Yeah. Well, that is the motherfucking drinking, drinking game. game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, let's hit, let me hit you with the stats real quick then. Yeah, give me those stats, baby. This movie dropped September 26, 1997, baby. 1997. So, we were 10-ish when this movie mm-hmm. came out. The budget for this movie was $7.5 million dollars. Which in 2020 money would be more like $12 million to make this movie. Um, And it made $43 million, which in 2020 money would be more like $69 million. So it made money and it made sense. Mm -hmm. And it did pretty good. So you ready for the Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just really disappointed because... I had read that the director, Tillman Jr., he had hoped that this story would resonate not just for, like, the black community, but for all families everywhere. That was, like, his hope was to make this movie. And when they did out the numbers, it showed that only 12% of the audience was a white audience. So it's really sad to know that, like, it didn't reach everybody, which makes me mad. Like, because everyone could enjoy this movie. Everyone could relate to this family in some way, but, like... No, but anyways, so I'm I'm intrigued to see what the critics say and what the audience say, but I know that, you know, just more I, people should have seen this movie. <laughs> I agree with what you say. This is a big black movie, mm-hmm. um, big black stars, um, the people who came out to see it, like myself. I definitely went to the theaters to go watch this movie with my family, and mm-hmm. It shows up on a BT all the time. So it is in our community where it's big. Especially in the 90s and before, white people saw like mainstream movies as just regular movies. And when you have movies that have a cast of full of color, it is a black movie. That is an Asian movie. That's a Mexican movie. And you're not really going to see it. And that's been a problem for a long time. Um, yeah. One of the things that has changed about that would be Tyler Perry and his Medea movies have had more of not just black people, but white people are going to see it and know him and quote him just like the rest of us. Um, mm-hmm. But in 97, we had our own movies. We had Waiting mm-hmm. to Exhale. We had, I don't know, just tons of very big black movies. Set it off. Yeah. All, all these movies were made for everybody, but it's just us that goes to see them. Did, when, did you how, just drop set it off? I fucking love you. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> I love I did, you. Bitch. So, like, how old were you when you saw Soul Food? Like, when did you see it? Did you see it in 97? No, I didn't see it in 97. I watched it on BET. I want to say when I was in high school. So, early arts. Yeah. You were out there. Okay. I did not, yeah, I didn't see it in theaters. But I definitely watched it on BET. Okay. Well, so, okay, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's get back we're to what we're getting drunk we're get, okay officially we're getting drunk on this yeah. drink <laughs> yeah so um Rotten Tomatoes critics 81 percent that's a bummer I think that is very good for critics it's very good for critics uh talking Wait. about a black movie like yeah that is correct I so, mean I, I don't I, I hate making that exception but I guess yeah in the time during that time Yes, that, that is a pretty good rating. Because Rotten Tomatoes can be really, like, killer about this kind of stuff, too. But it was so good. It's so good. <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, the audience 
they gave it a 86%. So better than the okay. critics. And the ZZ. Keeping it pretty balanced. Yes. The ZZ Fresh. I give it a 95%. I think the casting is very good. I think mm-hmm. to really break it down as a film student, this is a textbook way of writing a good script with a big cast. Mm-hmm. especially the opening scene on introducing all of your cast all in one scene was done very smoothly and you got the gist of everybody's character smacked off of just the wedding scene and mm-hmm. it was very good on how they did the voiceover work of having Ahmad telling everybody's you know story but only telling the parts that he actually knows and not yeah. other parts that he doesn't know I think that it was good having the script start off with the beginning of something, the beginning of a marriage, a beginning of a baby, and an end of something, yeah. finding out that Big Mama is like terminally sick. You know, yeah. it's very well written. The ending was a good outcome. I'm just saying, like, if you are wondering how to write a good script, this is a great way to to look at it. And mm-hmm. as soon as I saw this week, I was like, God, this is like what we were talking about in school all the time of like a great way to write a script. And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. What's your well your your Lenny Zest? My lusty Lenny Zest. Um I would have to agree. I was I'm a strong like ninety two, ninety five on this film. Uh I'm not a really big fan of over narration. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is that again, and you already expressed it. He tells it from the child's aspect. So we get to see the flashbacks or like the side stories that he doesn't really get to be privy to. And that makes it even more interesting with his narration. It's like this is the simplicity of his narration, but this is where you dive in deep. But then he is such a smart kid that you get to see those complex things happening in his brain to like understand what is going on. Like you get to see it through his eyes, but also as the viewer's eyes to get to know the side story. I really, I, I love the way they did that. And I'm not a big narration over person. So that was a big thing for me. But there was just like little tiny holes in the story that I'm just like, I want to know more. But maybe that's what it's supposed to do. Maybe that's why they, he, that, because Tillman wrote this, the script as well. And I like that he left things kind of a little like guessing game. Like, where does it go from there? What, you know, wh- wh- but I want to know more. I want to hear more about this. But he like, he leaves it open to interpretation like that or you know this is their family and this is their life and their story so and I thought it was so well-rounded and again like I mean I grew up in white culture I was exposed at school of course to like multiple like diversity for sure but I can still relate to this story because I come from a very big family. I get I was so nostalgic this whole week about it because my grandmother and grandpa, we called them Nanny and Papap. Like every single Sunday we would have family dinners after church. And it just it felt like home and everyone fighting over the food and like talking and like people getting on people like, Well, you did this and blah, blah, blah. and it just even though I I can't completely relate to every single thing that happens at the most important parts I feel like I can really relate that the passion is there for family it like when you mentioned that you wanted to watch this I was down because this movie is just so it's still relevant it still holds true like good family morals and values and I just like that I I can still relate to it like I he wanted to reach a everybody about family and he did it and I I love that so for me 95, 90, 95 for sure. 
I agree with you. He wanted it to be relatable to everybody because no matter what culture, if you're black, if you're Mexican, if you're Greek, if you're Italian, these yeah. uh, these cultures of people have huge families. Huge they families. They love food and mm -hmm. you know there's going to be some drama like and they and they know that family has has to work to stay together. And mm -hmm. just and that's just, you know, black Mexicans, Italians, Greek. I, I can name more, but th I think yeah. that's why that this whole story should translate to everybody because it doesn't matter what race you are in these mm -hmm. situations kind of happen to everybody. But and I, it stays modern to times right now. Like, this yeah. is life still. This is how still we're right. all still existing. I mean, the clothes are different. I mean, they looked good, though. I, love I know. Oh, Super my God. 90s hair, clothes, Ugh. music. Like, it screamed 90s. I loved it. Um, I loved it. But I think I have an answer to your question. Okay. There is more to this soul food story. Mm -hmm. And in 2000 and through 2004, they made a soul food TV show. <laughs> I did watch it when it came out. I believe it was on H on BET. It was on BET. I believe it was on BET, but we definitely watched it. I didn't watch it all the way through, but at least the first two seasons, I know we hit it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. So all the things that you want to know, that's probably the best place for you to find it. Okay, perfect. And I haven't. I just gotta find it. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> for real. It's out there. Um, it's on. It's on DVD. But I have <laughs> another fun fact, kind of of what you were saying. The fun fact. Okay. Fun fact. So in other places of the world, this movie was definitely showed and you said only like 12% or whatever was non-black. But in different parts of the world, this movie has different names because oh. it makes sense because soul food is an American food. It's not a food all over the world because mm -hmm. if you don't know what soul food is, basically slaves got the worst parts of cuts of meats and food they got the pig's feet ham hocks pig feet chitlins <laughs> intestine food that you know nowadays we're like what the fuck why would anybody ever even think about eating it it's because that's all that they had yeah that anything that was from the big house they would be make, able to grab and take home and make it good mm. so we learn how to make things taste good by trying things out try to mm -hmm. make it into what we have as soulful today so it's, it doesn't translate across the pond or across the world because soul food is strictly American. But this movie is not strictly American and it went all over the world. So some of them is in Spain, it was called Family Mess. I like that. <laughs> oh, I like that one. That's cute. Uh, in Finland, it is called Food of the Soul. Ooh, Food of the Soul. I like that. In Greek, girl, you know how to look <gasps> it up. It's Give called, it to me. It's called Family Bond. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And in Italian, it is Flavor of Life. Oh, okay. And in Rome, it is called Sunday with the Family. So these names translated all over the world. You might know yeah, it did. in a different country as, you know, Family Mess or Food, mm -hmm. food of the Soul. But to us, it's soul food. So oh, I love that f soul bond. Well, well can no, it's, I give called another... it's called Family Bond in Greece. Family Bond. Family sorry, bond. sorry. Family Bond. Well, can I give you another fun fact on top of that? Mm-hmm. Fun fact on a fun fact? Has this been done? I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Please jump on This it. is crazy, though, because this has to do with what you were just talking about, though. George Tillman Jr., who wrote this script, had originally written this first version of the film, and when he released it in his hometown of Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. the original title was Spice of Life. 
Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it was the first <laughs> release. It was only, he had done it in his hometown. It was a very small cast. It was released at a local cable access television oh, channel okay. in Milwaukee. And it was first called Spice of Life. And then he rewrote it. He pulled a lot more of experience from his own personal life and built it into what we know as Soul Food. And then it got really, he re- rewritten and released again in 1997. So who was in Spice of Life? Anybody we know? Nobody we know. I, I looked and looked to try to figure out exactly more about Spice of Life, and I couldn't find it, but because it, it, it was just like a very small production. Okay. I know, but it's pretty cool, though. Spice of Life. But I like Soul Food better. I like Soul Food better. I also love Family Mess. <laughs> I love Family Mess, and I love Family Bond. Family Bond and uh, Flavor of Life. I like that one, too. Flavor of Life. Yeah, so, so yeah, you want to continue on about our director? Yeah, let's just jump right in. Mm-hmm. I love him. <laughs> uh, he, I did not know that he was the producer for Barbershop. Yeah, what? I did, yeah. And Barbershop 2 and Beauty. Like, I am oh, the obsessed. the Beauty Shop, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he does that whole entire franchise. He also is the director of Men of Honor. Yes. With uh, Robert De Niro and, and Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh my God, one, that's probably one of my favorite Cuba Gooding Jr. movies. It's such a good movie. It's so good. Report to this line here, cookie. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could totally quote it because I, I absolutely I love that movie. It's such a great movie. Um, it's such a great film. Highly recommended, you guys. Go watch it. It's so good. That was and his it's movie just, after this one. It didn't, he didn't come out until 2000, but... I mean, mm-hmm. he went from working with this amazing cast to working with, like, two Academy Award winners in one movie. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, Gina. He also directed Notorious. Did you ever see that? The Biggie Smalls I love one? Notorious. Yeah. No, 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 Notorious. Yep. Ow. No, I, and also he wrote The Hate You Give. Wow. Audrey Ann Wells wrote The Hate You Give, but he directed it. And that's a more modern film. It was just released last year. And mm-hmm. it's so fucking good. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and, but I it was good. Oh, it's absolutely, you have to watch it. It's so good. But he got, so because Soul Food was the third film he ever did. Mm -hmm. And then what's funny is that 20th Century Fox actually were hesitant to invest the money for him to do this film because he was a newbie in the industry. They didn't really know. But when they read the script, they loved the writing so much. They loved the ideas. They loved his enthusiasm as a director. So they they totally gave him a chance. And, I mean, obviously you can see it definitely paid off for them. I mean, Um, like I said, yes, his writing is good. That's why this is like textbook great script writing this movie yeah and he if he had first um had given the script to edmund's entertainment which is like a prominently black studio Mm. and so they were the first ones to invest in it then they took it to 20th century fox to get like a bigger release yeah and what's really crazy is that for this movie that production company they only had 36 days to shoot this film what because vanessa williams and vivica fox had already, they had such a conflicting schedule and they already had so many other commitments that the only times that they could schedule to film this was in 36 days. And Tillman's just like, we're going to do it. Like, don't even worry about it. We're going to complete this film. That makes sense. And in retrospect, you think about this, like dramas take almost six months. Like thrillers take, thrillers and action films take about a year to two years with posts and everything like that. But like a drama like this usually takes around six months to make. This only, like, to film in 36 days and then only a couple of months after with posts, like, that's unheard of. 
I mean, so, I agree. And I, I, I do understand what you're saying because Vanessa Williams was mm-hmm. double shooting at this exact same time. At the same time. So on her off days, on her days that she was working for Soul Food, she would film for Soul Food. On her mm-hmm. off days, she would film for the movie Hoodlum. Have you ever seen that? It also came out in 97. Has, I have not seen it. I, oh but my I, god, it's such a good one, and it's also it's based on a true story. It, it's really good. It has fucking Loris Fishburns in it. And, uh, I yeah. wrote it down because when I took a peek at it, because I had read that she had been double shooting, I was like, "What the hell would she have been doing at the same time?" And I'm like, "Whoa, this movie looks really fucking good." So yeah, I wrote it down already in my notes to watch it. People, watch it. We'll watch it together. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it was also being shot in Chicago. That's why she was able. Yeah, to, yeah. So she was doing double duty yeah i thought it was really cool though because he pulled it together so nicely and the reason why we love this story so much is because it is based on real life like he took a lot he grew up in a family that had a matriarch at the head of their family so like he he grew up with women he had all these sisters and he said at the time when i was growing up i'd always be like oh why is it that all i have are sisters and women in my life like god but then he said afterwards i learned so much i became a much more patient loving person because of it and that's why he wanted to create this story is to honor the women in his life and i just think that is so cool that like he was able to write this beautiful story touch all these people not physically emotionally um (laughs) and um, be able to bring us all to relate to what it was like for him and for all of us to have big families so that's That's what i really love about george tillman I'm glad that he said that. And I can totally see it in Mm -hmm. his writing. I was about to say, his writing is so fluid and so beautiful. And like, he just speaks the words for women so well because he knows women so well. And he was, it it made all his other male leads just as strong. Like Kenny, I love Kenny. Kenny totally reminds me of my dad and my uncle, um, you know, very stable, loving fathers, loving husbands who will, Mm -hmm. you know, you could come to them for advice and they're going to pull money out of their pocket and give it to you and give you advice. Like those that like Kenny totally reminds me of my dad, whose name is Kenneth. And so like, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great. Um, and, And he does a great job. Now, the only thing about his writing that I would say that watching it this week, I was like, that's either dated for me or it's thinking it's a man writing because I personally have mm. never been told this, not saying that women have not been told this, but when uh-huh. bird is leaving the rest, the restroom and she's like, you know, Lim's going to be a, a daddy. And she's like, a man has to be a man. And if he feels that you take that away from him, he has nothing. Like with mom. You remember when daddy went and lost all that money gambling? Remember? Yes. (laughs) She didn't trip. She just did what she had to do. And she left him with his dignity. And she left him with his dignity, even though he put the entire family at risk, put the house at risk, their livelihood at risk. Big mama shut her mouth and didn't complain and did what she had to do to save the family and kept his dignity Dignity. intact. Now, to me, I'm not going to baby you if your ass fucks up. Yeah. Which it seems that his dad, the dad did. The dad did, Not that I'm not going to save us as a family. Like, your pride needs to be bruised because you fucked up. I shouldn't have to do this all by myself because you keep fucking up. 
I'm sure that what he's saying is more of like an older generation's uh, mm -hmm. view of women. And especially in the black community, there's a whole thing of like a black man is lower than dirt in the world and everyone treats him that way. But when he mm -hmm. comes home, we as black women are supposed to treat him as the king because it's the only place that he gets respect. And of I get course. that. I totally mm -hmm. get that. And I agree with and that. But there's that there's that moment when they walk it on Clem and he's naked and she confronts him and she's like, what are you doing at home? And he's like, I lost my job. And she gets mad at him and he's just like, so what you know about being a black man anyway? You're right. I don't know shit about being a black man. She's like, you're right. I have no idea what it's like to be a black man. But in that moment, you see her face being like, but I'm a black woman. Like, don't. So like, who else in the whole goddamn world can exactly. understand what it's like to be a black man than a fucking black woman who has to coddle and take care of this black exactly. man? Exactly. And you can see it. in like They even let the, the scene linger for a they second. Do. Right after the, that, those two make that exchange. Because... He has a right to say that. He totally does. You have no idea. But at the same time. I do. She does. She <laughs> do. does have an idea. And she has it. Like I, I don't I, I don't know if I have a right to say this. But like she's a black woman. There's nothing harder in this world. Nothing. Than being a black woman. Because I'm sorry, you're a woman. We get treated like shit just because we're a woman. Plus I'm just black. Just because we're a woman. <laughs> but and then you top it with. It's a black woman. Like no. there's. And they let it, but they let it resonate. They do. And you see his face. Felt. Yeah, you see and his you face. And you see his face. And he's like, oh, bitch, what am I saying? I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just said that to her. She's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know, but I do because know. Because she says it like affirming him. She says it affirming him, but mm -hmm. she also says it with a little sarcasm. She like, does. And, and it's, it's just, just perfect. perfect. It's, it's just jinx. perfect. So perfect. I mean, it's so yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm getting chill. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of that I moment because it's such it. an impactful moment. And then he says, "Stop staring at my dick," and then it cuts. One. I don't blame it's her so for good. staring at his dick. Her homies wanted. To, yeah, her homies wanted yeah. to see you that more. He goes, "Did you see that thing?" Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that scene is. It's very good. And it's, it's just, it rings very true to today because black women are the ones who are out there marching. Black women are the mm -hmm. one out there getting people to register to vote. Like, that's what I know. black women do. We handle shit. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Like you said, he does a lot of producing for, like, the barbershop franchise, mm -hmm. barbershop, beauty shop. He did Roll Bounce. He also yeah, Roll Bounce with Bow Wow. That one. Yep. He also executive produced Soul Food, the TV show. But he also, he's just done produced a lot of different things. He also directed a couple episodes of Power. And yeah. he's an executive producer and he's done a couple episodes of directing for the TV show For Life. And, yeah. uh, He's just, he'd he be killing it. I think he does a great job. I'm always willing to see more. I mean, he's even done a, he did an episode for Luke Cage. Uh, oh, yeah, the Marvel show in 2000. I mean, he's he's a young director. He's only 51 years old. I mean, man looks good. <laughs> he does look very good. I mean, he's 51. Very... He's not even as old as Captain Morgan yet. He's got so much more no. to live. <laughs> he's done episodes of This Is Us. He's yeah. directed. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he's still very prevalent, and he still is moving audiences. You can see his work, and he just... Kudos to him. I clap, clap all around for George Tillman Jr. For sure. 
And I can't wait to see the, the more he gives us because I just, I want more. He he leaves me craving more. He doesn't just do black movies, people. So, no. you know. He doesn't. He did The Longest Ride. Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. With and Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> I would have maybe given that a watch, but probably not. So we're going to move on to uh, the lovely, leading, beautiful, eldest sister lady. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Vanessa Williams, bitch. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> because... Vanessa Williams is the only one of the three sisters that we have not had previously on the show. So let's just start off with her. Yeah, let's start off with her. She deserves a little days in the sun. Vanessa Williams. Okay. Motherfucking if Vanessa you Williams. don't know who she is, I don't know where you've been my whole life. I know. I can't. She is amazing. So she has, she was born in New York and mm-hmm. she comes from two parents who are both music teachers so -hmm. she's very musical and theatrical she ended up winning a performing arts scholarship she went off to college and when she was a junior in college she ran out of money to pay for school so she entered in the miss america contest hoping that she would win some money and some fame Mm -hmm. off of that and she became in 1980 84 the very first black miss america okay before 1984 miss america was white as snow and we had to have miss black america competitions so that we could kind of win but finally they let this beautiful goddess because she is gorgeous like she's gorgeous nobody like her um she's so beautiful and very talented and intelligent woman well spoken and so she won but before she even entered into the competition, she had done what a lot of college students do and a lot of college students do now just to make money. Like it's it's mind boggling to think like in 2020, what she did is what people do all the time. And it's not even like really frowned upon. It's like, oh, no. you're just trying to be Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton where you're now famous because you have a sex tape. What she did was take some very tasteful nudes as a young girl, and Mm -hmm. these pictures were leaked once she had won. Somebody out there was very vindictive and wanting to ruin her, and so they released them to uh, Penthouse magazine that ruined her career at that time. At that time. they did make her give her crown back and step back from being Miss America. Now, another thing that I found out that I didn't know is that the pictures that they published were of her and, like, this other girl. And the other girl in the pictures were, like, 16 at the time. So (gasps) selling or buying this penthouse magazine was against the law because it was underage, like, kitty porn. So if you personally have one of these in your possession, I would not have it in your possession because you are owning kitty porn. Kitty porn. And that's gross. (gasps) And no one should own that. That's disgusting. So her and her mom kept fighting to, you know, just like, hey, girl, you know, this should not define my career. And she went on to sing. And some of her big songs that you might know is Dreaming. I'll be dreaming, dreaming, wishing you would be there. I don't know what the words, but that's close. Um, Yeah, you were close. (laughs) <laughs> and then she has you another one. Than I could. There was another one that she had back also, um, saving the best for last. You've gone and saved Save the, the best. best. 
Voice. Yes, exactly. Now, now we're staring face, face to face. Yes. Isn't this, this world, world a crazy place? Whoa! Uh, that was my jam. You have no idea. Vanessa Williams <laughs> sang that jam for you. Um, it turned out great. She's done so many other things other besides that. I mean, shit tons of movies, TV movies, uh, TV shows. She is... Betty. My- she, I was gonna say Ugly, Ugly Betty. Betty, where she kind of really made her come back to TV. Like she did some she really, really did. great shit on that show. Also, she was in the last couple seasons of Desperate Housewives. She was one of my favorite Desperate oh, Housewives. Yeah, Renee. Mm-hmm. She did such a fucking good job. I loved it. But yeah, she's done voiceover work. Like seriously. You probably have seen what is that Christmas one that she does where she's like an evil? Oh, the Diva's Christmas Carol. Diva's Christmas Carol <laughs> comes out every year on I Hallmark. Oh my god, <laughs> she's on the. She did a voiceover for the Proud Family. I remember for the that. Proud Family, and she has a bunch of kids. She also married Rick Fox from the Lakers for a while, who's also yeah. an actor. They have a couple kids. She has a daughter. I didn't write it down, but she has a daughter who is in a band called Lion Babe. Uh, and they were at Coachella a couple years ago. You should actually look up her music. I'm pretty sure you would fucking love it. I love it. I think it's really great. Oh. It's like her and this like white dude. And her daughter looks like a younger her, just gorgeous, has big like Diana Ross hair. Like, oh, mm. they're also, I'm definitely going to send you a link to them. But one of her first acting things, maybe not one of her first acting things, but she, along with all of the lead women in this besides big mama in this movie they all had an episode on fresh prince of bellet yes in west philadelphia born and raised raised on the playground okay seriously when i read that i was like oh my god zenobia's gonna talk about this you know i'm gonna talk about it because all the all the female leads that's amazing yeah because like i've said on many other black movies that we have done hollywood is a town Black Hollywood is a neighborhood. There's only so many black actors that get reused over and over. And luckily, the leads in this movie, all of the leads, including the men, are black actors who are in that neighborhood that get used constantly over and over and over. Yeah, it's um, true. Everyone has a really good career in this film. Like, it's a a full start, a studded cast, mm -hmm. for sure. So, Vanessa Williams, from what I, I... totally remember her episode and yesterday it happened to come on when i was doing (gasps) those it It was the episode where aunt viv is pregnant she goes to lama's class and she makes Mm -hmm. will come with her and he meets vanessa williams who's a sports writer she gives them tickets to go see the laker game and when they're in the limo trying to leave the form she goes into labor and he has to help yeah he has to help like deliver the baby nia long Obviously, she played Lisa on the show Lisa. for seasons, his longest serious girlfriend on the entire thing. And yeah. Vivica, she I plays know, Jazz's sister. sister. She played <laughs> Jazz's sister, who like went on one date with Will and instantly was like planning their future. It was like, I, we're gonna marry you. You better we're sit gonna down. We're gonna have like two point five kids. Like she's crazy. <laughs> okay, uh, Gina. I don't remember her episode, but I. I- I, I think she was, she's like, what from, I didn't remember her either. She, unfortunately, I feel really bad. I will have to deep dive into that. I'm sorry, y'all. 
Uh, I know. I only got to. I honestly only got to uh, Vivica's episode and Vanessa's episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, remember. I didn't touch uh, Lisa because that's just like a lot. To, I haven't even gotten to those those parts of the series yet. I'm rewatching it from the from the very very beginning, and so it's been such a joy. I like love rewatching this show. It is so wonderful. But what I love about Vanessa Williams is that she is totally still current, though, too. Like, she was just in the, uh, the series 20s, which I, I know that we've probably talked about it, but Lena Waithe is my big-time Hollywood crush, um, wrote this series 20s, and uh, Vanessa Williams makes an appearance on it, which is awesome. And then um, she was also in the newest RuPaul. Yep. Which is I love it. I talked about her last week. She was in uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Remember I was talking about them (gasps) doing that? She seriously has done movies with like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Eraser. Oh my God. That movie is so good, but it's so bad. Do you remember that movie Dance With Me? Where she like becomes like a dancer, like a Latin ballroom dancer. Yes. I used to fucking love that movie. That came out a year after Soul Food. She's just done so many, so so many things. She's broke boundaries. She's gorgeous. She, like I said, she pops up a lot of places. I feel like TV is probably her comfort spot. Yeah. She doesn't do too many like movies that aren't made for TV. But uh, Ugly Betty, I feel like was a turning point for her that brought her back into the zeitgeist. It really did. Because that show was just so massive. And then she went on to Desperate Housewives, which was also extremely massive. And yeah. episodes on The Good Wife. She's just been all over. They put literally every, everything. <laughs> yeah, she just, she she is constantly still working. And that's what I like really admire about her. Like she's not, oh, and she's in that new, that new uh, movie. I just saw a preview for it. Um, oh, shoot. Lena Waithe is in it too. Bad hair. Oh, yeah. That have you like seen a, that yet? I haven't, but it looks good. I want to watch it so bad. And a really cool thing that happened to her um, in 30 years after her being decrowned as Miss America, the Miss mm-hmm. America Foundation or program publicly <gasps> apologized to her and her mother at the Miss America competition. Oh. They totally apologized to her and her mother and said that, you know, we shouldn't have done that and i i personally love that they did that yeah i'm glad that they i'm glad that they did that i personally think that the apology was for what we didn't see not necessarily what we did see i think that if she didn't turn out to be an amazing superstar diva that they would have never apologized for what they did to her but she did get her apology her mom got an apology in front of a crowd and live tv and i appreciate that it was 32 years later on September 2015, mm-hmm. but she was serving as a head judge for the 2016 mm-hmm. pageant. And so the, the former Miss America CEO, Sam Haskell, made the public apology. He was like, girl, I am sorry. We should have never <laughs> done that. We got Miss Americas now who be or like Instagram models showing their ass all goddamn day with well, trillions is, of models. Exactly. And what really is, it's what is disgusting is that she didn't release those pictures herself. No. And that's actually such a violation of someone's personal life. And not only just, that, but the picture had a minor in it. You don't even care. It. You don't even care about no. the other person in the picture. Like you are a disgusting person. Whoever did that is so it's, horrible. Th- shameful. It's shameful. 
And to think that like an organization would shame a young woman, even though that was completely out of her hands. Like I can only imagine what happened with Ms. Williams. Like what, how devastating that whole situation must have been. Like her whole career was just taken from her because of someone's selfishness over money and pettiness. Like, but it, and it still goes on to this day. You got anything else about Vanessa Williams? I hate all my Vanessa Williams. I mean, she's, she plays this character so well. She pulls it really together. She gets crazy when she needs to get crazy. Yeah. She plays she that straight. We get crazy. We, we can get crazy. You want to get crazy? We can get crazy. Crazy. No, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Do you want a fun fact or do you want to move on to Vivica? Uh, let's do a fun fact and then we'll move on to Vivica. All right, this is probably my favorite fun fact, so here we go. <gasps> fun fact! Give me that fun fact. This soundtrack for this movie bangs. I love it. As it's a, seriously. When it came out, my mom bought it on CD. We bumped it all the time, so I know every single song on this album in this movie. I have, this past week, have been playing that soundtrack. It's, it's still really good. It's so, still so good. So the soundtrack hit number four on the Billboard's 200s, and it hit number one on, on the R&B hip-hop albums, <gasps> and it was multi-platinum. This, Like I said, this album was huge. Huge. Um, some of the big hits were songs like A Song for Mama by Boys to Men, the Mama. Oh, it's mama, so good. You know. Yeah, so that song is... Uh, written and was like their biggest hit from this soundtrack and mm-hmm. what about us by total missy elliott and timberland that one was a big hit mm-hmm. also we're not making love no more by drew hill <gasps> oh that song is so good because we're not making love no more we're not even trying to change Okay, anyway, before I start singing, mm. I'll tell it how it slips away. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love that song. So, love it. Yes. So that song was a big hit. That was probably the first song of Drew Hills that I can remember that I really loved. And there were big artists that were on this album, like Outkast, Usher, Monica, and Vogue. I love In Vogue. I love In Vogue, too. Puff Daddy is what it said on there, not P. Diddy or Diddy. Puff Daddy, Little Kim, Blackstreet, and Jay-Z, just to name a few. But there was also the band Milestone on there. That's what I wanted. Yes, 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 yes. I have questions. I have (laughs) answers. Milestone was a fictional group that was put together specifically for this movie to play Mm -hmm. Miles' band. Now, the people in this band are all real, and some of them are famous that you definitely know. Yes. So, Milestone is filled up with Casey and JoJo, who were big in the 90s and 2000s. They're brothers. Yes. And they're part of this. Plus, Babyface, who is one of the greatest R&B singers, R&B writers, R&B producers, a studio exec. This man, he does it all. And he did produce the majority of the songs on this album are produced by uh-huh. Babyface. So he also produced, and I'm pretty sure he wrote this song, The Mind. I Care the, About You. I Care About You. And he is playing the bass when you see it in the movie. That's him. Mm-hmm. And next to him oh, is sick, either sick Casey or JoJo. I can't remember. I don't. I can't tell him apart, but it's one of the Casey and JoJo's. And then the other two guys on there are Babyface's brother. Oh, so okay. their name is like Calvin and Melvin Elwoods. And this was the only song the band ever put out. 
They did not tour. They have a music video you can watch. They do have a music video. That's and so good. you can watch them <laughs> perform in this. I think they performed like once at like the BT Awards or something. So yes, they're they're not real. But you want them to be real. You do want them to be real, and I don't know why they weren't real. It's such a mega band. Like, when you realize who's singing, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my, because I love Casey and JoJo. Like, oh, my God. And when you realize that it's all that, you're just, in my mind, uh, because I didn't know that back when I first saw it when I was a kid. I didn't realize. And then when you start to realize, you're like, wait a minute, did this become a mega band that I never knew about? And then you're like, one song? We got one song? Back in the day, I did know that they weren't a real band because Mm. I personally was in love with Babyface at this time and Casey and JoJo. So I knew that who they were. Mm. I did not ever really know that the other two were Babyface's brothers. I just thought they were just singers. Yeah. But you look at them, all three of them do look quite similar. So that does make sense. And yeah. I always kind of did wish that they would tour or do something more because their voices melted so well together. The 90s, I really feel like, was a great time for soundtracks, especially yes. movies with black soundtracks mm-hmm. uh, like this one. Also, like Waiting to Exhale or oh, like movie. like we were just singing Save the Last Dance had a great soundtrack. We, Save the Last Dance did have a solid have, soundtrack. Yeah, we previously talked about KC and JoJo in the Life episode because they did a song oh. on that album, which was also That's a right, very good soundtrack. That so, a really good soundtrack. Um, soundtracks were very good. Like I, That's something I missed about movies now is that we don't have really good soundtracks. We don't have really good soundtracks. Like You can't like... I mean, some of them are still pretty good. I still, I also bang out to a, a couple of really good soundtracks, but... Nothing like the way they used to be. Nothing there like used to be it. such directors put such an important collaboration together, and this movie is just an obvious show of it. Like these are incredible R and B artists yeah. that came together to do a mega band just for this one show, just this for one this film. one film. <laughs> and like that's some clout right there. Like yeah. Tillman was just like, "Yo, guys, let's get it together," and they're like, "Yeah, man, like let's just like jam out and see what's up, they're milestone, like, baby." baby. Babyface, hey girl, do you want to like uh, produce a soundtrack for my awesome movie? You can put whatever um, black asses you want on there. What, and the people that I named, I named people who are still famous and relevant today. Usher, mm-hmm. Outkast, I mean, Diddy, Jay-Z, like these people are still fucking, Babyface is still writing and producing shit and owning his own <laughs> label and stuff. He's still making hits. None of, like, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Space Jam, that was a great soundtrack from the 90s. Like, they were just all over the place. They're all over the place. (laughs) Good fun fact. I liked that one a lot. Thank y'all. That was a good one. I liked it. Well, then let's keep going because we are already, uh... oh, shoot. Um, Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Let's go to uh, Vivica Fox. She's a total badass. You guys have already touched base a little bit about her when you did Independence Day. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Independence Day for 4th of July. It was a great episode. It was our 4th of um, July one. It was good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's so good. I love this woman so much. I love the fact that she started off her career on Soul Train. That gives me so much love. She was on it for only a year from 1983 to 1984, but still made a presence. I was watching Soul Train all day. She sent like, me a snap and she's like, I'm getting, I'm watching Soul Train, stay high. And I was like, it's three hours so we have to do the show. 
know. I was just watching video after video after. It's so good. But like, if anyone's out there that doesn't know what Soul Train is, it's an an old syndicated television show that was broadcast from 1971 to 2006 and it was just classic they played games on the show always had some kind of soul train line going on and that's where the soul train line comes if you ever been to a black wedding or you know a party and we bust out the soul train line that's where it's from it's the black american bandstand that's all it is it is it is i have a cousin who worked on it for years it's just I've always Solid. wanted. I always Some wanted of the to best be on guest it. stars. Yeah. Oh God. Hell yeah. So good. But yeah. So that's where she got started, dude. And I freaking love it. And then she just like banged out Independence Day, set it off. We've already. She. Zenobia gave us a shout out. It's such a good movie. It's a really good film. Everyone should go watch it. Uh, she did those films back to back, and that really like catapulted her into like stardom. And uh, and this is like a woman who started off doing Days of Our Lives. Like yeah. she was a soap opera star, and then she just became she was such a great actress. She just like catapulted into these great films. She was uh, what was that? Uh, Out all night with uh, Patti Labelle. What? She's on that show. Okay. Uh, I love it. Uh, okay. This is my this is my favorite thing. I went I, I went in a little deep. I, I can't believe that she's only been nominated for one award. That kind of made me really sad because she's such an incredible actress. The only award that she was ever nominated for, she got the Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series during Missing. Yeah, she got the NAACP mm. Outstanding Actress for this television show. It's a lifetime crime drama show. She did an excellent job in it, but that's unfortunately the only thing that she uh what has been awarded for uh she had a resurgence oh go ahead why i believe that she hasn't been nominated is because the majority of her filmography are black movies and tv shows yeah that's what it is they are notorious for unfortunately just completely overlooking overlooking i mean i'm not making an excuse because you're no, right she should have been nominated for at least some stuff but i just looking at it right now i mean like tv shows that she was on was like fresh prince family matters martin yeah. she was in the tuskegee airmen tv movie uh like you said set it off she was in living single independence day was a nice crossover because will smith is a great crossover but she was also yeah. in like don't be a menace to society while drinking your yep. gin in the hood like booty call like she's been booty in just, call. yeah the things that she which i would be like oh yeah you remember him why do fools fall in love these are all black uh, movies like these yeah. are black shows uh, once in a while, she does pop up on, on you know, some things, but she's also in Two Could Play That Game, and she did voiceover on The Profile Family, Double yeah. Trouble. These are all black things. Yeah. My wife and kids. So it's hard for her to get seen when nobody wants to look at us. Now, probably it's the true. biggest crossover mainstream other than Independence Day would be Kill Bill. It was going to be the Kill Bill. So she had her resurgence and into the popular mainstream when Quentin Tarantino cast her as one of the assassins. As Copperhead. Into Copperhead. I, I should have been, been Black, Black Mamba. Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ever is when the kid, her daughter comes home. She's like, hi, baby. How was school? And she's like covered in blood. School? She said, what happened? School? Oh, that damn dog got up in here and got made a mess. <laughs> like, you know, I love it. She so does good. like such a great job. Um, it's so good. Another crossover for her is Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was on there for yes. quite a while. She even yeah, dates she him is. for a minute. 
I know. It's yeah. so funny. Oh, God. He wants to break up with her, but she has cancer, and he doesn't want to leave yeah, her while she has cancer. Yeah, so he's like, well, maybe if I'm bad, she'll leave me. Like, I love career enthusiasm. Okay, I have a fun fact about Vivica that I just cannot get over, and I'm just, like, tripping about. Don't give over. Give it to me. Okay, so... We all know about typecasting, like, you look like a schoolgirl teacher, so, like, you're going to be a teacher in all your films, or, like, you look like a villain, so I'm going to cast you as a villain. Stereotyping, typecasting, it's a thing. Big thing. So, what's funny is that for the last three years, Vivica has been, quote-unquote, wrong typecasting, where the last three years, she has been in over 13 movies that have the word wrong in the title. Oh, shit. I am not joking. The The wrong wrong cheerleader, cheerleader the wrong tutor, the wrong wrong mommy, the wrong boy next door, the wrong stepmother, the wrong teacher, the wrong friend, the wrong cruise, the wrong man, the wrong crush, the wrong student, the wrong child, and the wrong roommate. This is from 2016 to 2019. I thought that maybe these wrongs were like all part of a filmography of like wrong things because you're right these are all tv movies but her names yeah. are different at all these things they're she's all the, different she's not they're the same different they're not the same character this isn't a series character. of any kind she has just been put into this typecasting for being she wrong wrong she wrong <laughs> she wrong she either she wrong or somewhere around her is wrong like but something is going on wrong like, stepfather Wrong wedding planner, (laughs) wrong real estate agent, like, everyone's wrong. Everybody's wrong. Wrong house sitter, like, what is this shit? I'm glad you caught that, because I would have really, like, scrolled through that shit. That's pretty funny. I thought it was so funny, 13 of them. Wrong Mr. Right. Oh my God, I almost died. I almost died. But she is a survivor of the COVID-19 virus. She mm. did get, she tested positive in September. She's alive and well, thank goodness. Thank you, Lord, because we could not do without you, boo-boo. She also, no way. She also was on Empire, your show Empire, girl. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She played a sister. She's the oldest sister mm-hmm. to Cookie. Yeah, she played Cookie's Ooh, sister. She got so much love. Ugh, so much love and hate for Cookie. I also, uh, a little fun fact Give for you. Uh, I love the scene when she's holding their new baby girl, which we still never know the name of. I know. <laughs> he's telling the story, which would mean that he's telling it after the fact all this happens. And when yeah. he's talking about, that's me, my dad, my sister, my mom, and whoever's in there, like, you don't know what your baby sister's name know is what your yet? baby sister name? <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, it's another little uh, hole in the plot line that I'm just like, mm, I'm just going to not say anything. Yeah. But what's really effing cute is that Kenny comes home all excited for Shorty for her birthday or whatever. I or being born, I don't know, but he brings one of the first Macintoshes, the Apple Performa. It's an Apple Performer. A computer. It's for the baby. For the baby. Oh do yeah! You, do you see him bringing in these boxes? huge just, ass boxes? It's, it's so big, and I remember those monitors. I do so well. I was like, when heavy. he brought that in, and, and it was just like my dad too. He brought it in. He's like, look what I got the family, and we're like, whoa! Now it's like slick, thin boxes. You like put it up, and it's just like the pretty. tiny. Yeah, Dude, but he those... like probably spent like 
five grand on all that shit, and it only has like fifty megabytes in it, like something redonk. He, so it. that means he could download like three songs. <laughs> it was so funny, but it was it was like the family computer program, and that was for everyone to have. And I just yep. when I saw that, I cried. And her face is so funny. She like looks at it. She's like, "Why the baby's a baby? Why are you buying it a computer?" It's got a, a color monitor, CD-ROM, internet, fax, email. It's got everything. He goes, it's got email. It's got email and facts. And I can just just, do some shit. You're like, damn, dude, what the facts? I know. I know. I died. So So when she's holding that baby and looks over at the computer, I was like, I get you, Vivica. I feel you on this. I know. I looked at that old ass computer. I was like, because that baby wasn't using that baby's like 23 now. It's not even like whoever that baby is, 23. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't use that old ass dial up. Fuck no. But she's cute. She's so cute in this movie. I love all of her clothes. Yes. I like, of all of the characters, I love her clothes the most. I don't know. I love I, birds, but I love her Birds hats. is cute. The hats. That's yeah. what, you know, gets me. Because I'm a hat kid. Me too. Like, I love all the hats. And her winter clothes. All those, like, Chicago winter coat looks. I'm just, I was all for it. I loved every bit of it. I just want to point out that this is my second month in the row that I picked two movies that were both in the same city. So October, yeah. I picked two movies that were in Santa Cruz. And in November, I picked two movies that were in Chicago. I did not mean to do that. It just worked. <laughs> it just happened. We'll see how to uh, next month it turns out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's let's see if it keeps going. Unintentionally, though. don't You can't do it intentionally. That I don't, will forego anything. For the most part, I don't know what cities most things are in until like, I sit down and watch it. And I'm like, oh, that looks like <laughs> whatever. But yeah. You got anything else on uh, Miss Vivica? No, that's all I got. Let's keep a chang, chang, chang. Okay. So let's go on to Miss Nia Long, who we've already previously talked about. Um, So I don't really have any fun facts on her, but we could just talk about Bird's character in general. Yeah, absolutely. I love Nia Long. I think she's amazing. And her character is so, like, steadfast. Like, if I... I am the baby sister, so I totally relate to her first and foremost. Like Me too, I get girl, it. Like, you know. We babies. Mm-hmm. We babies over here. So I totally understand her the way she feels towards everybody, always loving, understanding, like wants to relate to everybody and bring everyone together, but then like gets defensive. It's like, take care of your man. Get out of my man's life, but take care of yours. Because <laughs> this you on home has been number two, bitch. You know, even mama <laughs> threw that in her face. Even that's mama that's threw pretty that fucked up. Um, I know. But yeah, she she definitely is my favorite. I think that she is so hot. She's gorgeous. I love her. I love her and Lynn's like, you know, bathroom sex. Where she has to like um, put her panties in his mouth. I, oh my God. I had to watch that scene quite a few times for research, obviously. <laughs> I mean, not for anything else, but to, for the not show. Not for anything, no, for, for the show and for research. But that is a really fucking hot sex scene it is for it being so short and quick like it was super hot you get to see like side ass cheek thigh on her and and it's like her and makai pfeiffer are like in their prime at this point they are both in their prime makai pfeiffer this was like when i was like drooling over this full like i loved his chocolate brown bald ass head 
but Oof. like Nia Long, this was her coming off of all these other great ass movies that she's done. Yeah, we've talked she's about her in the Friday episode. So if you want to go listen to that, we've also talked mm-hmm. about her in the Best Man the episode. Best Man, love um, that movie. So you get her. I guess Best Man was around a little bit after this. Best Man came out in '99, so it was a little bit after this that we got to see. Uh, her in that but this yes I definitely believe this is like her sweet ass heyday because we see her in like Boys in the Hood which we'll definitely talk about one day yeah Made I loved a, her in the Single Moms Club Single Moms Club she's in that was I mean, later though that's later but it, 97 was like her fucking like you're right like heyday because not only that was her heyday Soul Food she did Love Jones have plenty butter like she was just in a lot of a lot she did of a couple episodes of Moesha she, she was in Moesha Moesha mm-hmm. um, and that was big like mm-hmm. Moesha was huge yeah it was as we talked about last week <laughs> um, oh that's right we did talk about that last she week. also was like in Into the Deep like she was in Held Up with Jamie Foxx like she's just been in a bunch of things she's also in big the Big Mama's House that was about to say Big Mama House in the 2000s big I think she's like in the Mama's first two but she's just been in a lot of things. I also loved her that she was an Alfie in 2004. His only, know, like, I black girlfriend. Alfie. I was yeah. like, okay, if you got one black girl in your, like, mix of hot... I mean, like, I believe Susan Sarandon was one of his bitches, too, in that movie. I, like, loved yeah, it. He, yeah, he, he, Alfie was getting everybody. He was getting everybody. But he had one black girl, so that's the reason why I watched it, because Nia Long was in it. It wasn't too mm-hmm. bad. Um, and then she did Are We yet? Done Yet Again with uh, Ice Cube. Yep. Are You Done? Are We There? Big Mamas, all those. She did those. But she just kind of just stayed. She did voicing on the Cleveland show. Like, this bitch is constantly working. Best Man Holiday. And she was also in the Uncle Buck TV show that we talked about. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we talked about her. Yeah, she was. She had a role in Keanu, the movie with Key and Peele. And she also uh, did some guest spots on Empire, about eight episodes of that as well, mm-hmm. along with Vivica. But yeah, that was that was hot too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like one the latest Netflix movie that she was just in mm-hmm. with the Fatal Affair that came out uh, like yeah. a couple months ago. It was pretty good. I mean, it, it was good. It was what I expected of a movie like that. Like, I kind of figured what was going to happen, but it was still good. It was hot, you know. Yeah. Omar Epps is a really good actor to yeah. play across from. Yeah. And who doesn't want to see sexy Omar Epps and Neil Long, you know, have a little Get it on. Yeah. Who I know. That? Yeah. So that's a good one. No, go that's, look that one up. Go, go look that one up, you guys. It's a, it's an easy watch. It's yeah. on Netflix. Netflix. It's, it's super great. Also, um, she popped up in another Netflix show, Black AF. She does. Oh, my God. She's the best friend publicist. The publicist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot that she was in that show. Oh, I love that show. Me, too. I love that so show, too. So much. So she out God. there. She's Keep still, looking for she's her. She's still working it. She looks Killing. good. She looks good. She's still, she only chooses really great characters, I feel. I mean, I don't really have much fun facts. Like I said, we've talked about her twice before, and we will yeah. definitely talk about her in the future because <laughs> she need a lot. She's a, I can say she's a stunning pop culture icon. She is. Uh, she is timeless. Uh, she has a ranging career, just like all the other beautiful actresses in this sh- in this film 
And damn, that girl can wear a hat. Like I know her her like shot right here. I'm like, where do I get this hat from? I know. <laughs> she is gorgeous and like a beautiful human. Like you can just tell that she's a beautiful human in real life. Yeah. She is what every black guy wanted in the nineties. They were like, you know what? I need me a cute Nia Long. I loved her because she would wear the short haircut all the time, like a Holly mm-hmm. Berry style like haircut. And you're just like, Nia, damn, you're always the cool chick who like, no matter yeah. what, you're like, well, you know, she, she, her roles are always good. She doesn't really pay like the diva bitch. She might have diva bitch moments, but her character mm-hmm. is usually a strong black woman. I love her. If you don't know who she is, look her up, start loving her immediately. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's keep it uh, trucking. Do you want a fun fact? Let's give you a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay, so Big Mama's house. Mm-hmm. It's a real house, and it is located on Clinton Avenue in Oak Park, Illinois. So that's like a little Ooh. bit outside of Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and Maxine and Kenny's house is a real house, and it's on North Bernard Street in Chicago. So you, I didn't give you like exact address because I feel weird of giving somebody's home address yeah but yeah that'd be weird you can definitely look it up if you are in that area and kind of want to drive by the house and be like oh my god that's big mama's house look them up your damn self um the <laughs> the jazz club that miles plays at with the milestone yeah it's called the green mill in chicago huh. and as of right now it says that it is still open but you know i went on their website and they're like hey girl we could open, if it was up to us, we'd open tomorrow if this coronavirus would be done tomorrow. But I bet it, it won't be done by tomorrow. So we're still here. It was. A, it's not going to be up. That's what their website said. So as uh, of yesterday, when I looked at it, they were still an open jazz club that you can go and listen to music. Right on. In Chicago. That is a little bit of fun fact about fun location. Fun fact about location shoots. I location. like that. You can actually, I love when you can go to a city and really just check out the places that they filmed. Yeah, I saw a website and they were like showing all of the Chicago shots. It's a little creepy that they put people's actual Legit. I Google earthed this house. So whoever lives in this house, I'm sorry, but I just looked at the outside of your house. On <laughs> I mean, you had to wonder, they probably bought the house because of it or at least knew about it. Like, I don't know. Maybe they were like, they bought the house in the 50s and someone was like, here, we'll give you... You know, ten grand to use the ex outside of your fucking house. I don't know if they use the inside. They might have. I didn't read on that, mm-hmm. but they're like, here, we just need the exterior of your house. Here's some monies, and they didn't realize that people would be able to look it up online twenty years later and be able to just slowly drive by the house. Like, <laughs> you know, they didn't know yeah. that, but now you know. So think about that when someone asks to use your house. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good thing to. You know, I feel bad for the people in the Fresh Prince house. I've slowly drove past their house numerous of times. You do it all the time. Not all the time. Just when I'm over there. All the time. If I'm over there, I'm like, oh, let me just drive by just to see. You can barely see. She has an extra sleeping bag and a pair of change of clothes because she sleeps on that lawn sometimes. Yeah, I climb over the fence and I I get in the pool house. (laughs) I took a sleep. Jeffrey! Let's dive into my guy we haven't talked about him, but I think that we might talk about him maybe during like bio month, during like eight oh. mile. That'd be a good Ooh, one. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, eight mile is such a good film. He has a, a repertoire of films that I just, oh my God, high school high. 
Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So his very first thing was the Tuskegee Airmen TV movie. Did you ever see that? I doubt you have probably seen. No, that. I didn't see that. I mean, the cast in it is very great. It has like Lauren Fishburne in it, and Vivica A. Fox is in it. Uh, a lot of people, and it's that's also a very maybe we'll do it for Black History Month since that is a about a, another true story about some black men. Yeah. So he started off on there. He really didn't start off as an actor. Like that wasn't like his where he started. Did you know that? No, he was a bor- he was a born New Yorker. Yeah, he sure is. If you can't hear uh, it. Yeah, you can totally hear it. And he just went to, randomly, he just went to a, a casting call for Clockers, right? That's how it all got started for him. Yeah, for a, a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. And kind of learned how the business from that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he was in that, but he. What I super love is that he married Melinda Williams from the, sh- the film High School High. And what's crazy is that she ends up going ahead and starring in the television show. Sure did. Of soul of, food. Of soul food, which is hilarious. They weren't married at the time, were they? I think they were, or they released oh, okay. together. They released together at some point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. they were together by 2004. I think they divorced um, like 2005, 2006. So I'm pretty sure they were yeah. together during this time. But So when he married her, she's on soul food, and the character that she plays on soul food is Bird. Yeah, it's so, that's the best that's pretty funny he married that he TV. marries bird yeah bird like the the tv version bird well because he just started i mean he got he he kicked up really hard after that like because then he was in i still know what you did last summer but high school high was probably my very first remembering him and remembering being very attracted to him that movie came out Ooh. a year before this like i remember being like who is that chocolate ass bald ass <laughs> Dude, in this really stupid spoof high school movie. Like, it's very spoofy, very it is slap comedy, dumb. But, you know, little kid me loved that shit, and I thought it was hilarious. Oh, hell yeah. I have to say, I think that, because I saw O before I saw Soul Food. So that was actually oh. my first introduction to... To Mackay Pfeiffer. And I was upset because I was really into Shakespeare and I was really like, and him being Othello was just so iconic. I mean, yeah. And it was such a good film. I like went into that movie being obsessed with Josh Hartnett and then came out being like, but Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> like, um, hello? Um, Mackay Pfeiffer? Mackay Pfeiffer. Sexy ass basketball player in some private white school? Like, yes. I just got my I braces off, so I felt really you sexy. Were I was yourself. like, I was filling myself, and I just, all I wanted was Othello. <laughs> I did definitely see her, see him in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, along with Brandy. Mur, mur, mur. Uh, yeah, but she, I didn't see, I did not see those movies when they came out in theater. I definitely saw those later in my, in high school. Now I went to see those in theaters, and yeah. then we can't forget him in The Boy Is Mine with Brandy and Monica. Oh, He's yeah. He's the boy that they're fighting video. over. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that music video. Yep. And then he opens the door, and it's both of them at the door, yep. and then they He's... slam it on, and you're like, oh, shit. I mean, look at that smile. How can you turn down that smile? You're such a I beautiful, know. beautiful smile. 
paid in full. Like we said, eight miles. You remember Honey? He was in that. I remember eight mile. Honey. Oh my God. He was in Honey and I loved it. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Oh. His character, the way his character went out in that movie was very uh, not what I wanted. But I think that next Halloween we should definitely do Dawn of the Dead because that's probably one of my favorite zombie movies. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's a it's very, a solid. A solid, and it ends where you're like, I don't, I don't know if this is a good ending or a bad ending. I am totally wrong. We have talked about him. We didn't go into depth about him, but we did this oh. Christmas. I was about to say this Christmas is such a good movie. We did this Christmas, and you're right. He's he's Santa Claus. Yeah, he <laughs> ho, is. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Uh, and that's a cast for sure. Yeah. So Adrie go ahead. Oh, Adrie Selva, you're so hot. Oh, girl. Oh, oh. Okay, mm. so please, people, since we are getting into the family Christmas mood, go back and listen to our This Christmas. It's a great one. It's a good one. But we have to mention how that he was Dr. Pratt on ER for like a kajillion oh, yeah. years. Absolutely. That like, again, like he just really... Be- he solidified himself as a household name at that point. Yeah. And, you know, he just shows up. He's a great actor. He's fine as fuck, especially in this fucking movie. But yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer. will definitely him in the bathroom. We'll definitely talk about him again because, like I said, I want to do Dawn of the Dead. And we should do O. O is a very good movie. I forgot about that one. O is such a good movie. I, I would love to do that film because that actually was, it's one of my favorites Love you. Pfeiffer. He also I was the producer you. of this Christmas. I think I said that during this Christmas, but there you go. Um, he out there working, making that money, looking fine as fuck, and he will definitely be back on the show again because he's Mackay Pfeiffer, and we just named a bunch yeah. of movies that we love. This is not, yeah, this is not going to be the last time, or it wasn't even the first time. It wasn't. I, I little, thought it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> I got a little fun fact for yeah, you. You ready? Ready. I freaking am obsessed that in the movie Be Kind Rewind, starring Mostaf and Jack Black, and you can see when Mostaf picks up one of the VHSs, it's soul food. <laughs> see? And I love that. I'm just like, ah, there's soul food. I love it. I haven't watched Be Kind Rewind in a long time. That's a good one. That's a really good movie, too. Uh, but I love that it gets like even just like a little mad recognition, and I like to think that most stuff must have just like really loved it for that to be the movie that he's just like. <laughs> I agree because I would have been like, I'm sorry, I need to pick up like a color purple or like yeah. Harlem Nights, <laughs> like I need a, yeah. a staple black movie. Yeah, exactly. So let's go on to Arma P Hall as uh, Mama Joe, Big Mama. Oh my God. Okay, this woman kind of. Is amazing, and I didn't realize how amazing she was until. Yeah, uh, I'm super her. obsessed with the fact that she didn't even start her career until she was 36 years old. Girl, let me tell you. Are you ready? Ah, oh, I'm I, ready. I got some fun facts. Okay, so one, she is the only cast member from the Soul Food cast that transitioned over to the Soul Food TV show. The so TV show. She's nice. Big Mama on both of them. That's her. Now, mm-hmm. like you said. She didn't start acting until she was 36. So she yeah. was born in 1935 in, in Beaumont, Texas. Texas. And she ended up being a foreign language teacher, teaching foreign languages in English. And she did that for 27 years in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is that she was saw, someone saw her out they're reading poetry. She was seen mm-hmm. by actor, director, Raymond St. Jokas. I don't know how to say this. And he 
was in town because he was filming a movie. And he saw her reading the poetry and he was like, girl, you are amazing. I definitely need you in this. Will you come in? And she's like, I'm not an actor. And he's like, hey, you bitch, you're reading poetry like a, a gangster over here. I love it. Please be in my movie. And so, yeah, that kind of like started her thing. And uh -huh. she was 36 at the time. And she was in the movie called Book of Numbers in 1973. Now, I personally have never seen this movie from what it looks like. It's a black exploitation movie, so I haven't seen all of those. I've seen a lot of them, but not that one. But now I'm going to go search for it because I want to see her at 36 and see what she looks like because she's been old as long as I would recognize who she was. Yeah. And she went on to do... And even though she's 85 years old, she still looks young as fuck. She still looks good. Like, she looks good. Yeah, she has not only acted in over 101 uh, projects, she started so late in her life that it's like, how did you even get all of this done? Yeah. She's in but one. But she's got some, like, iconic roles. She does. Like, she'll just pop into a film, though, and you don't even realize that at first that it's her. And then when she starts to, like, speak and has this, like, she has quite the presence as a young woman in the films. Like, like uh, the first one I think of is Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which I I'm obsessed with that movie. I when I I used to go to Savannah a lot as a kid, uh, especially in the summers uh, of middle school, and I became obsessed with it. And um, that has John Cusack in it, which I yeah fucking no love I've John never Cusack. seen. That. I mean, and that came out the same year uh, as Soul Food. But I loved that movie. But she's in that one, and you're just like whoa 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 whoa. She's like that's her. Like she pops up in these films, and you're like damn I can't like Lady Killers. That's what I was going to say. The Lady Killers. I absolutely love her in The Lady Killers. Oh, oh, not so only good. because she's amazing in it, but we got a fucking Tom Hanks being this mm -hmm. really weird dude. Uh, dude, that's an got, Ethan and Joel Cohen film. Yeah. And that's, it's you got such Marlon Wayans in it. Like, it's a really mm -hmm. good, very good. It's a really good one. Mm -hmm. um, but she did a couple episodes on Dallas, which I think is funny since she was a teacher in Dallas. Oh, that is cute. She was in A Long Hot Summer. And she just has done a lot of things. Like she did Mo Money in 92, To Serve With Love To, which I did not know there was a part two of that movie. It was the TV movie that came out in 96. I didn't know that. But I kind of want to look it up because I love uh, With Serve To Love. A Family Thing. Have you ever seen that movie? I love A Family Thing. And they're brothers. Like it's like the uh -huh. cutest thing. Uh-huh. It's so fun. I love... Oh, my God. Oh, uh, Michael I Beach is in that the, as well. Yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. I love her in uh, Meet the Browns. I love that movie, Meet, Meet the, Browns. the Browns. I'm kind of a... I like a romantic comedy, though. I know that you, you're not a big fan, but... <laughs> not the biggest fan. But 97, the year that Soul Food came out, was a very big year for her. She did Still with Shaq. She did Soul mm -hmm. Food. She said Nothing to Lose. But she plays, like, another, Dang. like, big mama... But like a funny big mama with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. And those were all in like 97. The Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil that you mentioned was also in 97. She I was love in that movie. Buddy. Do you remember that one with the monkeys? I don't think so. I love her in Patch Adams. She's in Patch Adams. I love Adams. Patch Adams. Yeah. She's just like, she, she pops up all over the place. She pops up all over the place and every single one of her characters, it's just, she's so charming and just mm. so charismatic. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, and she's still acting like, you know, pretty much up until today. I think the last thing she did was last year, but so on January 24th, 2004, she was severely injured in a car wreck while she was in Chicago. 
Yeah. It was right after, it was during the premiere or something during Lady Killers. Yeah. Well, she was driving in a snowstorm yeah. where uh, she lost control of her vehicle and crossed some lanes and hit a truck like dead on. And uh, when she did oh this, God. she underwent emergency operation heart surgery uh, to repair uh, an aorta valve that was punctured by a rib that she broke. Holy shit. And not only did that happen, but she broke her ankle and broke an arm. And so oh. she was like really banged up and she's still pretty old in 2004. Yeah. And so she did get in trouble for this accident. Uh, she got cited for driving with a suspended license and oh, for, yourself. you know, uh, not staying in her lane. Um, but she did make a full recovery after like multiple surgeries and rehab and physical therapy for her to be able to get back. So there was a point period in her life where she had to like stop acting just so she can get her life you know, back together. Damn. But that's big mama coming through. That's big mama coming through. She's a mom of two and a grandmother of four. And that might be bigger by now. She's a but real grandmother. She's a real, real she a real big mama. And uh, I just love hearing when people get into acting late and they just do such some wonders in their life. Because everyone is doing something different on their journey. And I really appreciate that when you have it, you have it. And when someone recognizes it, they you're a storyteller. And I think she says that too. Like she was a storyteller. She was a teacher. She was, and uh, she realized that acting was just another way of teaching someone, yep. of educating someone, of, of sharing a story or a character. And, and she recognizes that. And it was recognized in her even at this age. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. She's... I'm drunk. <laughs> All right. Well, drunk bitches move on. Um, drunk bitches move on. Okay, so we definitely need to talk about Ahmad. Oh, I thought you guys already talked about him in Space Jam. Yeah, but we should, like, he, this is his movie, so, like, he, <laughs> he, he literally has, like, the most lines in this entire movie. We see it all it's through true. his eyes. He does a great job. We briefly, briefly talked about him in Space Jam because he only has one scene in that entire movie. He, uh, okay. he plays As young baby Michael. Michael. No, I, I mean, Brandon Hammond, I love him. Well, I have to admit, I really have only, it's, the only other film that I would ever saw him in was when he played Michael Jordan in Space Jam. you never Baby seen Michael Mars Jordan. Attacks? Oh my God, he is in Mars Attacks. Have you ever seen oh, The Fan? Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro? Oh, girl. That's, girl, I never saw The Fan. That's another one I need you to add on the list. Robert okay. De Niro is a huge-ass fan of Wesley Snipes, who plays baseball for the San Francisco Giants and Ooh. Robert De Niro's like a crazy fan. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, but he, he plays the sun. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. I gotta watch that. I love Mars Attacks. I totally didn't realize that was him in it. Yeah, I believe him and Ray J, they're brothers, you remember? And yeah. Pam, Pam Grier's their mom. Pam Grier's their mom. Oh my god, I totally didn't realize it was him. Yeah, so you've seen <gasps> him more than you think. I have seen him in more than I thought. Um, oh, and he's in Waiting to Exhale. Yep, he's in uh, Minister Society. Like he did, he he showed up in places like you said, Waiting to Exhale, which was a huge that ass was fucking a big hit. One, yeah, Tales from the Hood. I remember that movie. Never mind, I fucking uh, lied to you. <laughs> yeah, we we've seen more. Yeah. Um, he did Mars, Atta Mars Attacks before Soul Food, but Soul Food is pretty much like his last 
really big thing that he did. What are you talking about? He was uh, in Blue Hill did... Avenue. No, I know, but I mean, like, as, like, a little kid. Oh, yeah. By 2001, when Blue Hill Avenue, which is also a very good movie, he plays young E-Bone, and that came out in 2001. But after that, he kind of does, like, some shorts, and he does some other movies. He dipped his toes in directing, which one came out in 2006, a short called Summer Blame, and another one came out in a TV short in 2015 called The Biz. So he's getting his, you know, kicks doing things. He's moving into a whole new spectrum of his career, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, He said that once he kind of didn't really like the limelight of being an actor Mm -hmm. and he kind of got pigeonholed in being the same character typecast as the same type of character over and over and he didn't want to do that yeah so he now i believe is married he definitely has children and he's just a happy dad and he's still working on his craft and his art that's cool and i love to hear that he does not look exactly the same because obviously he is older but if you cover this whole thing no and just look at his eyes you'd be like oh yeah that's him he has a baby face still he 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 has has held on to the baby face we could briefly talk about Michael Beach. We definitely talked about him already on Lean On Me. And he was recently in the Aquaman movie. Yeah, he was. He's been on the SWAT TV show. Like, the dude stays working. No, he stays solid. He, he He's always doing something. And like we talked about, I really appreciate the way he did that character because he made you feel for him. Like, dude, I'm only cheating because... I literally have no choice. I'm emotionally and physically not connected to my wife. She doesn't believe in my dream. She mm-hmm. cares more about her status at work and in society and her money more than she cares about him. Like, yeah. you know, the moment she says, I thought that this was just a hobby and you're doing it too much, was the moment that I would have been like, well, then th- there's no reason for us to be together. Because if you think that what I'm doing is silly and pointless and I see it as my dream, you won't even come to his shows. If you came to his shows like Faith did, you would have probably changed your mind on this just being a hobby. What this was for you. Because he not only writes the songs and plays the keyboard, but this group that he has put together are like five amazing voices. Like yeah. they would, if they were, if this was real, they definitely would have been famous, especially coming yeah. out of Chicago. Like I know, <laughs> and he's a he, and he's a black man that's a prominent, amazing attorney. He has saved his money and worked so hard to finally fund actually what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. He's not just like some musician that's like living in a bummed out apartment mm-hmm. trying to make it but like can't really. No, no. He was successful. He is successful. I shouldn't say was. He is successful and now he's realizing what his dream and his focus should be. Like that's the kind of man you want to stick behind and like push behind. And what's hard though is that you realize he is family. Like he shows how much he cares for her and loves for her as the character obviously and, and for the family and he, as a whole like you said and the family he, as a whole he sits there and hangs out with miles they play songs on the piano you know he cooks some dinner he's you know shows up every sunday him and his brother-in-law kick it and talk like you know yeah. and yeah. i think that's why when terry's like you know when i let family into my house family- oh fuck the family the family i let the family in my house you know what the family fucked my husband 
Yeah, Ooh. fuck, fuck my husband. And they all and all of them. They all turn and look at him, and like Maxine is just like, Miles, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how could you? But like, how couldn't he? I I really don't blame him. She did not love yeah, him. Yeah, you really can't. You, it, it's one of the few times I've ever not blamed the this kind of situation. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get so angry and hate him because he is a part of the family that you just care about naturally. Like yeah, yeah he's not technically blood, but you're family. Yeah, and you can tell that he cares about this family, but he's not being taken care of by his wife and by his wife. And Terry is just more focused on somehow proving that she's more important it's almost as though they told that maxine was the strongest in the family and constantly telling her that she was the strongest made terry feel too weak that she had a where terry then used her money as power to with to hold over the family well yeah she's there to save the day she even like you know yells at bird and she didn't even say she's like oh and i bet you want me to go like bail your guy out of jail anyway she's like whoa we're talking about what we're doing with big mama's house we are yeah. nowhere talking about uh you bailing out my husband which you should no. because he's only in jail because of you because of you, <laughs> you exactly sh- what she then realizes and that's why she makes the call because i definitely would not have let him stay in jail longer than one night Knowing I know. that I did this and seeing how my sister is upset about it. I actually, I love Michael Beach. I He's incredible. He does a great job, like I said. And like you said, he's the only person that made this who could actually make it where you're not upset at him for cheating. The only thing exactly. I am upset about is who you decided to cheat with. You decided to keep yeah. it within the family and that hurts even more because this is something that's you know that's something that's already happened to her with her sister. Like he didn't go out and be skeezy and like go to a strip club or something. He he only found comfort in what he knows and what he has put so much attention into, and that's his family. The only reason why he picked Faith or Faith picked him or whatever is yeah. because one, they both feel like an outcast. They yep. feel they bond over art you know, performing arts and mm-hmm. she's the only person that shows up to his shows. Like, I don't, I mean, I would like to, like you said, see more because I feel like bird and bird and Lem would have definitely Lem, gone to his shows. Though. They're young and they would have definitely yeah. been like, let's go listen to his band and we'll drink and we'll dance. Like, I feel like they probably have showed up, but like, you know, his wife constantly is like, I can't, I'm working, I don't want to be there. And Faith shows yeah. up. She shows up, she enjoys herself. She mm-hmm. uh, compliments his group and says, like, you're the group, not them, yeah. you know. And she recognizes, she recognizes, she recognizes his talent and what his, his main love and focus is. Yeah. And, and, and I don't That's know if I, anyone, any other actor could have pulled off the sensitivity of Miles. Like him. Unless it was Michael, yeah. Unless it was Michael Beach, like... Yeah. Honestly. I mean, and she did a great job. She, like, seriously, you know, she made sure that when they're talking, like, I love when he's just like, I'm going to put it, I put in my two weeks notice today. She just, like. (gasps) Oh, I know. And Gina Rivera, she just looks at him. I know. She just, like, shakes his hand, like, congratulations, Mm -hmm. you are, like, on your way to doing your dream. Like. Doing who you are, who you really are. And I think like, that's why he was attracted to her because she saw all these things in him that his wife refuses to see 
I probably would not have picked Faith. And I do love their sex scene. It's very hot. I remember being a little kid looking between oh. my fingers on that <laughs> one, too. Checking out the fingers. Yeah, checking out through the fingers. I just really love when they're done and that very awkward feeling and they both yeah. know that they fucked up. She knows that she feels dirty and knows that she fucked up. He feels dirty and knows they like they say nothing, but just them Mm -hmm. sitting there and their expressions, her like just feeling uncomfortable. It's just like, whoa, you guys immediately like you came and was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I shouldn't have did any of this. (laughs) That's again, like it's those lingering moments that the director just let ride. Like he remember we talked about it with Lem and uh with Lem and Bird when they were in the bathroom. He let that moment live. Like it was the same thing with this. He let the awkwardness of climbing off of each other, of moving back as he ties his pants. Like I did, and I don't know if you realize, but there's a big like clock bell in the back. Boom boom. That's oh. like the sound that's in the background. Like mm-hmm. time's up. Time's you know, up. <laughs> This moment in time is over. It's over. You just did that, and now you can never go back. You can't go back. Yeah, it's and such I, a. It's, it's, I really love it's a that. Huge, like, powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that. That was a beautiful moment, and and then and then the worst part is is that his wife sees all of this. Terry watches them <gasps> fucking through the window. Stops Ahmed from from seeing it. Yeah, she's, she's like, like oh, no, 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 no. we have to go. We have we're to go. We're just going to take you. We're going to go back she to your house. She doesn't bust in. She doesn't ruin this. Like, she doesn't, like, create a scene. She's just in such a state of shock. That's only because Ahmed was there. Like, if he was, if her nephew wasn't there, I'm sure she would have went in there and beat some motherfucking ass. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't sure. know. I think that this kind of reaction was very surprising for her from him. I don't expect it. I mean, she was, taken, such... she was taken by surprise. But yeah. just seeing her reaction of finally sane yeah faith fucked my husband just was just like too much and i feel like she was holding it in only because her nephew was there and that i'm not going to like ruin this moment and everything with my nephew around but if she had come up there by herself i'm sure she would have busted that door open and been like what the fuck she's such a well-posed put-together person that you would think that she would have gone in in that moment where it was quiet and it was just them and she would have handled it like a boss bitch. But instead, she freaks out at a family gathering for an anniversary party. She's having like a meltdown. Yeah. And the only people she was that trying she to can, hold it in. She tried, but the only people she can't hide her true self from is her sisters, her family. And that's when it all comes out and she goes crazy. I mean, you're talking yeah. the sanest person that was in, in this family. family all of a sudden grabs a knife and starts to chase people with it. I mean, you just don't expect that. Well, you say that you don't think that that's something that her character would do. But the you last know. time that she was cheated on by a family member, <laughs> she, she whooped her, her the ass. Guy. Right? The guy. So yeah, it's, it's not out of her character. It's not completely out of her to character. Whoop. And it's not like some lady she don't know. I know this is my fucking cousin, bitch. I'm about to beat your ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hated her for that. I really hated Faith. Yeah, that. Faith. I was, like, Girl, I was on Faith's side until then. And I was like, bitch, you done fucked up. But <laughs> let's move on from there. So is there anything else or anyone else we need to talk about? This cast was so fucking huge. I'm sorry. This guys. is a beautiful big cast. I, know. I just want to bring up the character, the guy who played Kenny. What's his name? Let's see. Oh, Kenny. Kenny. I love Kenny. Jeffrey D. Sims. 
Oh, okay. Before we start on him, before uh, I do want to bring up one thing that has been circling in my mind this entire week of doing this movie. Mm-hmm. It would be the Boondocks episode that talks about this movie. Have you seen it? <laughs> I'm assuming you have. Yes, I can't believe it. Because it it made me rethink picking this movie okay so boondocks if you guys haven't seen this black cartoon that's hilarious very smart very woke very like of the now this is a great show but there's where granddad opens up his own restaurant where he like fries literally everything and instead of having a table people have beds so like after you're done eating you get the itis and you can just go to sleep go to sleep and so he's like this has been my dream since I don't know when. He's like, Grandpa, this is only your dream because last week you watched Soul Food on, you know, fucking BT, and you decided you wanted to open up a Soul Food restaurant. And he breaks down a very quick of what that movie is about. It's about mm-hmm. a family that gets together and eats a bunch of fatty fried food, and the mama who cooks it all gets diabetes and gets her arm chucked off. They got to amputate her arm. It was her leg. Right, okay, whatever, leg. Not her arm, but her leg, chopped off. (laughs) And then she dies, and the whole family comes back together for making the same exact food that killed Big Mama in the first place. Yep. And this is all Huey, they don't learn nothing. Yeah. (laughs) They just go on and eat him. And I think that they did learn something, that family needs to stick together even after your matriarch is have passed, and that... Always check old people's old equipment before you toss it out with the bath water. Um, <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> they hide money in everything. Yeah. Old, old black old people, people, old, old Jews, old everybody. Everybody. Old people, they stash old people money. hide and stash money everywhere. They do. So that Boondocks clip has been going around in my head because it was just like, they didn't learn nothing. I that's classic that Huey, though. That's yes. classic Huey to, like, preach. And and especially because it's not a healthy lifestyle. Like It's not. You know, maybe they just got a little more veggies. And we have some some roasted veggies on here instead of just, mm-hmm. like, mac and cheese and collard greens. So that's what I would like to think, that they learned maybe not to have diabetes. <laughs> you would think. But Boondocks got me on that one. Thank you, yeah. Boondocks, because I've been watching that episode and clip, like, all week. It makes me laugh. Ugh, it's so good. I okay. love Boondocks. Okay, so quick on Jeffrey D. Sams, who plays Kenny, my favorite of the dudes. He's a great yeah. man. He's the one I would probably marry the most, but I also could see me marrying Lim. He's a good guy with, like, you know, a shady past. That's totally sounds like a bunch of dudes I've dated. He's not shady. Like, he just got scammed. He got conned. He just got, like, you know, his cousin was like, hey. he probably was, what, in possession of marijuana? Fuck off. That's what I think. Like, he was probably selling weed and he got caught. He's probably, smell- he's probably selling weed on the corner. It was not a big deal. He was probably just trying. And I just, like, that makes me so mad. Like and that's also why I love... Kenny, because Kenny reminds me of me. I wouldn't have done it as bluntly, but he was like, Why'd you get thrown in the joint, man? So, Lynn, why were you in jail? I, he's What'd so innocent do? about it, too. And he's like, Damn, Kenny, shut up. Like but me? I would do the same thing. I'd be like, So tell me what's your story? What's going on? Like, okay, I just gotta I, know. I would definitely, I am definitely the person who would ask that. I would not do it over the table in front of Big Mama. I would be like, Come outside <laughs> with me and stand with me while I smoke this blunt. And then I'm going to start asking you some questions. 
And, you know, like that, that would be more me. Plus, Bird, how the fuck you gonna marry this dude and not tell us what the fuck you, we know he in jail, but you I can know. tell us what he did? I know. Uh, Kenny, he is very fine in this movie, and he's even finer in now. Like, he's getting older, he looks good. Um, he oh, yeah, was, he got good with age. Yeah, he was in Waiting to Exhale in 95. I told you, mm-hmm. a very another big black ass movie. You know what? Maybe we, we should watch. I was like, we if need you to haven't do that watched movie. it, you gotta watch it. We definitely should put that in there. I don't know where we'll fit it in, but definitely a great movie. But Soul Food, Soul Food is probably the thing that I remember the most of him because his character was such a great character in this movie. But he showed up on a bunch of things like New NYPD Blue and CSI, CSI and all that shit. What I think is really cute though, and that I didn't know, he's on. He was on an. I, with research, I found out that he did a Netflix show two years ago. Uh, it's not like a show; it's like a film. I think it's it's called Hashtag Reality High. Okay, we can I did it. not know about this at I didn't all. Know about I, this it's definitely going to be on my list. I mean, it it looks like when I was doing research on it, it looks like it's kind of like a teen drama comedy. Mm-hmm. He plays, I think, a teacher or something in, in the thing itself. But I would love to watch it because I'd love to see something like uh, recent of his because mm-hmm. I really haven't seen anything. I really haven't seen anything recent from him. He just shows up places. You said definitely see his face. He was on an episode of How to Get Away with Murder. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, this hashtag reality high I've never seen, but I'm willing to give it a try because this poster looks pretty cute. Either way, uh, this actor was very good at what he did. Uh, he's still working. He's still out there. Um, but there's not really much fun facts on him. I just wanted to give him a minute. Let's just move on real quick to uh, Gina R- Rivera. Um, yeah, we got to talk about Gina Rivera. Real quick, only because she's in one of my favorite cult classics, Showgirls. Uh, yeah, she, she is. She plays her friend on there. Um, she showed up in The Great Debaters and Kiss the Girls. And he's, mm-hmm. she's been on Arrow and Castle and CSI and Lie to Me and all those things. ER. She's just out there working up a storm. Now, I do know that she is a classically trained dancer. Yeah, she's a classically trained dancer. But that surprises me because the choreography that they gave her was very sloppy. Not very well thought together. It was like a couple moves repeated over and over. And mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, well, maybe that was just the best that she could do. But she's a classically trained dancer. I would expect you to give her a little more, you know, flash dance kind of dance while Miles is playing the music for her at her audition. Well, I think they were trying to give an essence of like, this is definitely hodgepodge. She's pulling it together very impromptu like because they've never practiced this song with her dancing before like he's not she didn't give him a prompt of any kind she's like you just play anything and i'll dance to it so if you're thinking about it in that aspect like it's supposed to look like she's kind of just pulling it all together but then i do i do see it from your side as well like this is what she does like she is a trained professional dancer she's incredible i I was surprised even if they just put that song on for her Personally, I bet she would have come up with something better dance routine than what they put in Than there. what was given. Yeah. Even as a kid, I remember looking at it like, I can do this. Like, she's not even, do- like, I can do that. Yeah. I have one more fun fact, and then I'm done. All right. One more fun fact. Let's do it. Uh, Courtney B. Vance turned down the world to pay Kenny. Uh, you might not know who he is, but he also played with Whitney Houston and the Preacher Wife, playing his or her husband he yeah. played uh in 
the People versus OJ. He played yeah, he uh, Johnny Cochran. Okay. Ooh. All right, girl. Are you ready? I'm ready. For Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, huh? All right. So it was kind of hard for me to figure out what to do for the Z for the people. This is our episode before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. everybody. And happy Thanksgiving. Um, I decided to do a charity that we've already talked about before on the show, but can always be talked about some more. Um, I'm talking about Meals on Wheels America. And Meals on Wheels America kind of needs our help more than ever right now because old people are not definitely not allowed to leave their house less than the rest of us. So a lot of them are going to have to get their food sent to them. I know a lot of children and grandchildren are setting up, you know, grocery deliveries for senior citizens, but a lot of them don't have family themselves. So they do sign up for the Meals on Wheels. And it's just more than just getting food. These people have someone who comes on a regular basis. They check on them. They check on them. So they're coming to bring the food. If I knock on the door and my 93-year-old grandma doesn't answer, where the fuck should she be other than in her apartment? So they can notify people like, hey, maybe someone should go do a welfare check on this old person. They Mm -hmm. also are there to do some company because they do sit down and talk to the old people for a little while and uh, make them feel better. I don't know exactly how much they're doing that now during COVID time, but uh, I do know that that is a big thing that they used to do before this. So I would say, you guys, if you feel like there's something missing in your life and you want to be able to give back and to learn from your elders, this is a great program for that. You can volunteer. We both have had a friend who in the past has volunteered for Meals on Wheels and enjoyed it because they got to like talk to old people about, you know, old stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they make a difference because they're bringing literally food to nurture these people's bodies and to help their soul with the love and conversation and community that this program brings. So I would suggest you donate your time and donate your money to mealsonwheelsamerica.org because one day if we're lucky we're all going to be old as fuck and we're going to need someone to feed us if you're someone like me who plans on never having a a child (laughs) you're going to need somebody to like take care of you feed you care for you check up on you and meals Mm -hmm. on wheels is a substitute of sorts for that so go on mealsonwheelsamerica.org and donate time and money and that is my Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, they... I, I used to do it. Not that I, uh, I, I... The only time I ever did it was when I was doing it with my yay in the pool. They, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, they used to drive around and give meals to all their, like, elder friends that they knew from the church that wasn't coming out anymore, and they would deliver it. <sighs> but yeah. So... Girl, we did it. We're we done. We did it. We made it. We made oh. it. This is our last family fun month pick, and we yep. move on to holiday movies, Christmas movies next month. It's a holiday holiday cheer, holiday cheer. Yeah, so get ready for some tasty cocktails with that. I can't wait. So next week, are you ready? Do you want me to tell you? We should tell. I should tell you. Look at you. Can't wait. You're so excited. <gasps> what are we doing next week? Next week we are doing Home Alone. Bye. Ah! I gotta put you gotta put your hands across your face. Ah! Yeah.
<laughs> yeah, we're going there, girl. Macaulay Culkin, Catherine O'Hara. We are getting Joe Pesci. We yes. are getting into it. I am so excited. So everyone, get buckled in, get ready, because it's holiday season, y'all. We're going to get into the music, the spirit, and the insanity of the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. can't wait. Um, but until that time comes, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, not that you need to know, but if you need to know, check us out on all of our special, awesome ways you can listen to podcasts. You might be listening on Spotify. You could be listening on Podbean. You could be listening on Pandora. You can iTunes. anywhere. Check us out anywhere. We're everywhere. Send a little like, hey, check out our friends. They're amazing on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. You can go on our Instagram. We have Twitter. We're always posting all these fun stuff. Send us some DMs. Send us some messages. Community. Get, get talking about all your favorite movies. We love to just talk about history of film, everything. So just go ahead and, and let us know. Hit us up. Email if you've got a really fun story or any movie suggestions that you'd like to hear about from us. You can email us at Lights, Camera, Cocktail, no S. Am I get right, girl? Get the S out of here. You got it. At gmail.com. Go ahead and address it to Zenny. To Zenny. That's our. Ooh, is that our couple name? That's our couple name is Zenny. Oh my God, I love it. I like it too. You can either address it to Zenny, Z, or Lenny. Either or. We'll answer to all three. Um, but go ahead and send us an email. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we love. I love it when people talk to us on Instagram. It's so much fun. It is. Uh, so go ahead and get like into the community. I know that we're all stuck at home right now. So let's all reach out to each other. And uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for joining us. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for drinking with us. Yes, we made it. Thank <laughs> we you, made Lenny, it. for we drinking and talking with me. Always, best friend. I love you. I love you. Oh, there it is. My drunk <laughs> there girl. It is. girl. Oop, there it is. And uh, yeah, you guys, please come back next week. Because um, we'll have another fun, excellent, amazing episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. She said, Reverend, I got to have sex every day. I was like, all right, put me down for Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>